that's how I started, mm-hmm. right? We, we well, would sit down we and we would play. back in the day, right? Yeah. Like Even without any 30 people. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Sidewalks. No, okay, no, no. dude, Protect let, me, let me tell you a story, okay? So uh, in high school, around the time that, um, let's say, just after Visions or something had come out, me and all my Magic Playing buddies, it was like June, so it was like the end of the year. And we hadn't quite left yet. We had nothing better to do. So after class, we all got together in uh, the hallway of the math quad, sat down, and there were like 12 of us. And we're like, oh, well, we don't want to figure out who's going to play. So we're just going to have everybody sit there and play together. Uh And that was where I discovered the greatest combo of all time. Because my friend, who was like a tournament player at the time, you know, he he went to college on a junior uh, magic scholarship from a PT that he had played, I think like the first or second one. And... um, he sat there and there were like 12 of us. He puts out all these like random artifacts and we're all sitting there with our Mahamori Jins and dragons and Ur and whatever garbage. And he sit there and he's like, Ashno's altar. And I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. And then he's like, um, enduring renewal. And we're like, what? That's a garbage <laughs> card. Why would you play that? And then suddenly he's like, ornithopter. I'm like, wait, wait, what? And then he hit the entire table of 30 for like 8 million damage, of which I was able to go eye for an eye and then just kill us all. (laughs) It was the greatest day. It was the greatest day of magic of my life. That's awesome. See, all all my high school stories of big multiplayer games uh, always come down to being a story about pestilence and how one person (laughs) at the table, it's just, you know... Uh, they've got their finger on this button that can end the game at any minute and take everyone with them. <laughs> yup. <laughs> That's why you play Disenchant. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, Copy Elemental uh, Enchantment or something. <laughs> I still refer to that effect, Destroy Target Enchantment or Artifact, as Disenchant. Well, and I get, the, I get these funny looks from newer players, and I'm like, naturalize. And, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't acknowledge that naturalize is a thing. Uh, it is always going to be a white card that destroys target enchantment or artifact. You know naturalize has been around for more than half the life of the game. I do not acknowledge the existence of naturalize. We do not talk about color shifts. That's actually, Sean, you're wrong. It's like 2014 or 13 that naturalize was introduced. I believe it was no, I think it's actually earlier with Onslaught Block. Which... Yeah, I think it was like a million years ago. <laughs> no, no. No, it was like 2013. <laughs> this, is, this is an interesting form of trolling me. <laughs> we're, we're trying to gaslight you over here. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> We've always been at war with... Uh, <laughs> no, that with happened Phyrexia. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that there are only four colors in Magic, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Red, yeah. white, green, and black. Only four. Only four. <laughs> <laughs> How many lights do you see? I was just going to say that. <laughs> All right. So you guys ready? Ready. Yeah, let's go. All right, then. Um... Three, two, one. I'm Phil DeLuca. I'm Shivan Putt. Uh, and I'm Sean Main. Hey, and we are Commander in.
Welcome, Mandarin. Thanks for listening, everybody. We have two guest hosts this week. <laughs> we put a spotlight on community issues, but never, ever talk about four band topics. Religion, politics, Hearthstone, and hip-hop. So that means... The irony is that, like, those are my four favorite things to talk about, <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to be sad that uh, Shivam can't freestyle while we're here. <laughs> Is this a thing? No. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it's a thing. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> second no is much less certain. <laughs> well, if... Right you now, the only rap want... I have in my head is the Hamilton theme song, which is not <laughs> not exactly. Which also has <laughs> politics in it, so you're right. Exactly, out on two axes. Yeah. <laughs> Did Hamilton play Hearthstone? That's the question. <laughs> he ran a pretty mean druid deck. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want to hear Shivam freestyle, you should go to Patreon.com/slash Commander and MTG, and with a suitable donation. And you'll be actually, listeners will be hearing one of these shortly um, in a, in an upcoming episode. I mean, not this episode. But if you want to hear Shivam Freestyle, come <laughs> make a suitable donation at <laughs> patreon.com slash commander and MTG. And your wish shall be our command. Oh, good gravy. Yep. And as a reminder, it's Commander's Brew that has banned uh, midichlorians. We just find them distasteful, but we can talk about them. If, you know, Sean, I know really likes talking about True. that. So. Yeah, you should see my 10-page treatise on it. <laughs> if you have a link to it, sir, we would be happy to see it. Oh, good gravy. Um, <laughs> don't forget to visit us on YouTube. Eventually, we will start releasing episodes there again. It's just I'm one person, and uh, we're finding the time to do that. So... This week, though, we have a wonderful show lined up for our listeners. We're going to talk about strategies and cards related to the color combination of black and red, not simply the Cult of Rectos. And since you can tell we already have three guest hosts, we decided we, uh, we, we needed to bring someone on who reminded us of Rectos. And who would shout at you randomly, threatening violence and <laughs> impugning your character for perceived minor offenses to do that? Who else embodies the chaos, madness, and aggressive violence associated with the only guild led by an eponymous demon? Why, of course, it would be Sean Main. <laughs> I see you've read a lot of my treatises then. <laughs> it's just, I'm just imagining poor, you know, innocent, pleasant Sean. Just like, you know, he's smiling. He's got his eyebrows and mustache and glasses. Just like plodding along very pleasantly. And then you turn your back and he rips your liver out. And you're like, wait, wait, what happened? And it's like, oh, sorry. Just, just rack those things. <laughs> well, a man with eyebrows like his is clearly dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I like how eyebrows was the first item on your list there, Shivam. <laughs> well, no, I was just imagining, like, if you had, like, a little bowler hat, then you would totally be from oh, a Charlie Chaplin oh. movie. <laughs> oh, we need to get you a bowler hat if it's not already on your like, head. It would be a... <laughs> now I have a new life goal, and that is to, like, write a sketch mm. for Sean to be Charlie Chaplin in. No, and I that love... is now a thing that we need to happen to happen. I love Rakdos uh, as a guild because they're like th the most theatrical aspect of magic. Uh, 
you know, they're they're a bunch yeah. of like performers. They're, they're circus freaks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, isn't that actually even a card? Yeah. Showstopper, that's a Rakdos card. Yeah, Rakdos just seems to me like the type of late night theater you end up going to and you come out going, What the hell did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> and, you're like, and why is why do I have these new tattoos? I don't understand. M- many lifetimes ago, you know, before before I worked for Wizards, uh, I was directing theater, and I-, I would take it as a compliment if I could do those kind of shows. <laughs> Just like you know, random people nakedly crawling across the stage and screaming out obscenities about their father. Or is that just like fine arts departments in college? <laughs> no, there was a lot of like avant-garde, you know, postmodern Shakespeare productions or oh, uh, ancient Greek plays that were along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Wow. Sometimes small theaters do fun things. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just wonder why you're, you know... Throwing paintballs at a naked woman, but this is just San Francisco. And so I guess that's just what we do. <laughs> Correct us. That's, that's scary and awesome. Just like Rakdos, actually. Okay, so I will I will jump in, though, on the defense of Rakdos as a uh, commander color, which is uh, that... There's so many people who want to play Commander and want to sit there dirtling and drawing cards and taking turn after turn after turn. And as a player, I want I want the game to move forward. I don't want to sit here and wait for everyone to combo off after two hours. I want to see the game move. And uh, So you're the guy who put Sulfuric Vortex out on the first Oh, time. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I can <laughs> get really into is. that. God, I hate yeah. that card so much. Oh, man. <laughs> No, I, I I hate it too, but I love it almost as much because when it comes out, it's like, all right, it's like the, the clock's on. Whatever you're doing, <laughs> you better do it right now, buddy, because it's just yep. <laughs> this game is going to yeah. end today. Yeah. I don't care if <laughs> when, I go I've... down in flames as long as everyone goes down punching each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess you're a fan of the goad mechanic, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Seriously though, how much of making um of making conspiracy was really you just wanting to get more awesome Rakdos cards? I mean like uh Grenzo I, and the uh Planeswalker. A not insignificant uh amount of goad is just like well, I mean one of one of the biggest challenges with uh multiplayer where you have to represent every color and every color has to be viable is like how the hell do you make red work? That red is right. inherently built for a one v one experience, and so goad and dethrone are basically like let's let's make red work in multiplayer. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, though I I I mean that's the thing. Like after I played uh, Conspiracy One and Two, that was the first time I ever actually wanted to build a Rakdos deck because I thought that uh, Grenzo really was a cool. Uh, commander and I actually really like Godin Dethrone as mechanics a lot and I think they add a really neat uh, element to multiplay and mm. uh, it would be neat to see what your thoughts are on being able to make a Rakdos type deck that isn't just ye old, you know run in with your your monsters and turn them sideways 
I mean, I'm, I'm happy to jump in on, on what I love about Grenzo specifically, <laughs> but uh, I don't know if there's more intro we need to get through here, Phil. Oh, well, we're, we're definitely going to get to Grenzo, so let's, yes. uh, let's hold okay. off on that for just a minute. We have some news to cover. Already the show plan has, it, it looks as if it has been in Arakto Circus already. It's uh, <laughs> tattered and shredded. <laughs> So this episode, at the end of the episode, we're going to announce the winner of the signed Commander 2016 Saskia deck. That's right. The Saskia deck, what is it, Open Hostility, was signed by Ethan Fleischer and Ben Hayes, sent to us, and we're giving them out as prizes to our listeners. So this time it goes out to a person who has liked our Facebook page. We are next going to get to Twitter and uh, a couple of other sources of names. So get in there right now. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already, and you'll be able to win next time. In the meantime, this one is going to someone who has liked our Facebook page. So stay tuned to that. Uh, the other big news is we have created a calendar for our time at Grand Prix Las Vegas coming up June 14th through the 19th, through the 18th, rather. We're actually leaving on the 19th. So We'll provide a link to that calendar in our show notes, but that's like where we're going to announce where, you know, when we're going to be gaming with folks, where we're likely to be, <clears throat> uh, when our live show is, which right now looks like it's going to be Friday night in our condo. And then, of course, we're going to be streaming from uh, in and around the show floor. Maybe not streaming from in the show floor, but around it, certainly. And we'll be doing recordings and stuff like that while we play with people again in and around the show. Uh, that is going to be awesome. Sean and I are driving to Las Vegas and we'll probably oh, give you a call. Oh yeah. Right. Sorry. Sean Watson and I are, are going to be driving but to Las I, Vegas. I will, from Los Angeles. I will also be at GP Vegas. So I will be hanging oh, awesome. out. Awesome. So excellent. Will we get some commander games in? I, I would definitely go for some commander games. <laughs> are you entering the main event no, or, no, no, no. or what? No, just, okay. just there to see people hang out and, uh, I I have heard in the past about some pretty epic uh, two-headed giant events that have gone on there, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I'm going to be at home turning Twitter off and turning, <laughs> uh, avoiding all magic content for like a week because screw well, you guys. <laughs> almost all the magic content because, of course, you'll be streaming or watching the streams as we produce them, won't you? <laughs> why would i do that to myself <laughs> <laughs> so uh to torture yourself of course that's what sean was doing the first gp vegas nate and i walked around the floor and sean was very very salty about that it was great um this time though i'm driving with sean we're going to stream from the car we're going to stream while walking around streaming technology is all the rage these days so we'll have details for that uh we'll have details about that later all right. Uh, any anything we miss, guys? Oh, uh, how about the the uh, big one there? Oh, um, yeah. So, Sean, maybe maybe you can tell us why you're not at Wizards anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, surprise! Um, uh, I have. Well, what's up? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I guess less less uh, accusative than that. It's more like, oh. You've made a drastic and huge change in your life, and uh, I think that people who love your uh, sets and stuff, such as myself, are a little distraught that we're not going to have a uh, 
the wonky multiplayer dude at the office anymore. That, so uh, that is that is I, yeah. Go ahead. That is very sweet. Emphasis wonky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I've joined Riot Games, as you know. I uh, will <laughs> perfect say... for Rakdos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. All, Rakdos all the way. Um. So <laughs> with Wizards operating, you know, uh, design often is two years in the future, I will say um, there are some really exciting things in the pipeline that I had a very big hand in. Um, Hour of Ruin, um, Hour of Devastation, excuse me, um, is uh, coming uh-huh. coming up, uh, and I was the lead designer of that. And there is a set coming next year, which has not been announced, so I will say nothing else about it, but that I was also the lead um did, did the vision design for and and some other things in the pipeline that I am super excited about and have to it's it's especially strange because uh, you know normally there's that huge lag between when you finish working on something as a designer at wizards and when it when it's released but normally like you are seeing it all the way through and there's some stuff that I had a very big hand in the early part but like now now I will go away. And I will get to see it once uh, again as a player, and that's a pretty different experience. Where like, oh, this is this is how the art turned out. This is how the creative turned out. And uh, that's it's kind that's of like the reverse surreal. of it's what? the reverse of that window that uh, people talk about of when you go to Watsi for the first time and you are flooded with here's the next three years of what's happening. You instead are going to have the opposite experience of you left and then there's going to be this giant void of your mm-hmm. while you catch up with the rest of us. And yeah, you're exactly. Like, Whoa, what happened? <laughs> this was called conspiracy. Why is it now called funspiracy? <laughs> Unspiracy. Oh, no, Morrow got to it. <laughs> <laughs> so does that uh, set that you worked on rhyme with uh, Spominaria? <laughs> Just just because I'm no longer a wizard doesn't mean I'm going to feed you, you know, information from the future. They can't fire me, but I still I still love them. I mean, I'm just saying uh, a return to uh, Mirza wouldn't be that bad either, right? You know, Mirza and his brother uh, Rishra. Uh, just nobody in particular, just a couple of dudes. Uh, they make artifacts. Maybe you heard of them. Um, You're going to continue to test my uh, ability to hold my face still and uh, not answer questions, aren't you? Dude, after what you did to me on the day before Kaladesh announced it, I believe that you could hold your face. What, like, what you did to me? <laughs> I had to hold my yeah, face you guys had lunch, still. Didn't you? Oh, yeah. So uh, last year or so, uh, my wife and I decided to go to Seattle for a vacation and I decided to meet up with uh, Yichao, Allison, and Sean for lunch and, you know, go visit Wizards. And I spent a bulk of that time talking about my hopes and dreams for Kaladesh because Origins had just come out and I loved Origins. And I was like, oh, man, I hope someday you guys go to Kaladesh. And when you do, I hope you give me a call because I've got all these ideas. I'd be happy to consult. I will totally help you make it the most Indian set imaginable. I They sit there and they're just kind of like... Now I realize that they're giving me like crazy stone faced wild eyed <laughs> stares, but then I thought they were just being polite and listening. 
<laughs> and then I get on a plane, go home, and literally the next day, Trick is like, and now the big full set reveal is Kaladesh! <laughs> and I jumped on Twitter and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and now I understand why Sean literally ran away when we got back to the office. There's always the that strangeness when you're hearing those kind of reactions. Because, like, yeah. either it's true and I can't say anything or like <laughs> that's outlandish and I'm not, I'm not going to say anything then either. Like both of those are things I can't really respond to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was, it was a good either time. I'm, you know, uh, breaking my NDAs or I'm breaking your heart. Cause if the answer was like, <laughs> no, we're never going to do that. <laughs> But as a Rakdos player, you are totally okay with breaking hearts and ripping them out and eating them before the person's Breaking dead. hearts and minds. That's our Sean Main. <laughs> I like it. I like this. So what are you doing at Riot then? Uh... Speaking of NDAs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of things you're you just, can't talk about. You're just going to continue to... Hey, man, you didn't listen to the A.E. Marley episode where I sat and did this for an hour. <laughs> I am a designer there. Cool. There will be things in the future, but I can, I can say nothing about them yet. All right. Trust me, as soon as I can, I will. I will you will be hearing all about it. <laughs> yeah. And for the record, I had nothing to do with Sean's arrival at Riot. Off the air, people have asked me that. Are you guys even on the same team? No. Well, then there you go. Yeah, hey, how about all that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so, Sean, why do you identify as a Rakdos player? <laughs> <laughs> and I realize that's just one of your many facets because, you know, you've been doing this for so long with... As a as a magic designer, it can't just be your identity. But so why Rakdos? Why do you play Rakdos? Why does anybody play Rakdos? So I will say the for me personally, it is particularly those red parts of Rakdos that uh, I find it delightful in Commander to be the person setting the pace of the game, forcing other people into conflict. I like the chaos of it and the just like the excitement of like oh let's see what's going to happen i have no idea what it is oh it blew up in my face that's okay (laughs) (laughs) and you get all of that from rakdos you don't get it from say boros no boros i mean i i love boros too i i will i i have i'm very excited about boros but uh Boros is much more. They are they're a, a military unit. They're just uh, they're about setting out dudes. They're about attacking. It is much much more systematic. Um, oh I, yeah, no. Boros has a very fixed game plan. Uh-huh. You know exactly what's going to happen basically every time. I mean, it's not quite as like regulated, but it's definitely like look, you've got a plan and you're sticking with it. And if your plan gets disrupted, your deck has nothing to do. <laughs> That's yeah. very much Boros. Rakdos is that, like, you get to be the evil villain and everyone else, you know, is is coming to get you. But that's okay. You're enjoying it all the way down. 
<laughs> it's kind of uh, it's kind of like throwing yourself over a ledge, right? Uh huh, uh huh, and taking everyone with you. <laughs> yeah, or more like yeah. bringing everybody out to the ledge without telling them that you sapped underneath it and put a bunch of explosives there, and then blowing the ledge up while you're all still on it. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, recently I played against a Malfagor deck, and uh-huh. that felt like he had. Just like we were all in a little airplane, and he's and he he blew the airplane up, <laughs> and we're all falling, basically punching each other in the face over one parachute. <laughs> that is amazing. I was like, "What is happening?" The game was insane. Everything changed. Absolutely everything changed. And I was like, "I don't, I don't know how to play this." I even told them. That's uh, Daniel Haas, also at Riot. I was like. I don't know how to play this deck. I don't know how to face you. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if you remember. I was in that game with you, and yeah. the uh, the first one he came with a very spiky deck, and I thought like, oh, this is someone who is here to win. And then he pulls out that deck, and he's like, you know, I just play cards that Malfagor would play, and it was utter <laughs> chaos, and it, it was pretty delightful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we have we have a little mention of that when we get into Malfagor a little bit uh, later. There, but it was it was basically like, eh, Malfagor doesn't care, <laughs> neither do I, and he just played these cards. Oh, um, it's awesome. Uh, I I think I've I I already asked Dehas, that's what everybody calls him, if he would come on the show and talk about that deck because it was just it was just the most amazing deck. That I've seen. Malfagor. I forget which which deck you were playing, Sean, but it had the Adiphage in it, right? Oh, it was probably my um, Mile deck then. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And that eventually did it win with the it swamped. It I swamped think us, the Adiphages. With... I know. I don't remember if it was that game or the next, but the Adiphages won won a game that night. It was delightful. Yeah, it was nuts. And uh, then we did play against Mel's. Uh, um, Grenzo mm-hmm, deck too that mm-hmm. night. So we will talk about these. Um, so you like to set the pace, cause conflict, create chaos at the table. It makes total sense. Um, they're both colors are really well suited to doing that while inflicting the most pain as possible. Um, fair. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Patron Andy Bentley. Uh, he asks, uh, what's your favorite Rakdos commander? Uh, my favorite Rakdos commander is definitely Grenzo Dungeon Boss. Um, mm. I we can, we can get into that card in a little bit, but it's uh, it's like it gives you this really specific deck building challenge because you want to fill your deck with as many creatures as you can reasonably like get out from him. Um, and, and there are like some quirky choices, but then like every time you activate them, it's this like little spin of the wheel where something pops out. Maybe, maybe it's a blank, maybe nothing happens, but then. So, uh, can you, can you remind me, is Grenzo the one that, uh, pulls cards from the bottom of your deck? Yes, it is, uh, XBR and he comes in with X plus one plus one counters. He's two, two, and it's two. You take the bottom card of your deck put it in your graveyard and if it's a creature with uh less than or equal to his power it it comes into play wow 
That, yeah, I remember that guy is super fun to play in uh, Limited, but I think, yeah, in a commander deck, that would be pretty silly yeah. if you build your deck with enough just beef on it. <laughs> and man, you stick like um, Mana Flare in your deck so you can get a ton of counters on Grenzo, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then you can just start uh, pulling Emrakul off the bottom, and then it's like, whoops. I mean, I so how, how I would generally build the deck is... Like, assume you're going to put a specific number of counters on him. Maybe maybe you go higher, but, like, assume you're oh, going to good idea. get, like, him to a 3-3 three, three or a 4-4, four, four, and then, like, right. only put in creatures that are that size or below so that you maximize that opportunity. And you can start cheesing that a little bit with, like, it's a 0-0 zero, zero that enters with some plus-1, one, plus-1 one counters. It's a um, Triskelion or something, or it'll lead you down these really weird paths where you come across cards like Herald of Leshrac, uh, which is... Yeah, I remember him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he's, he's got two power, so... Um, and that's that's a really fun one that, like, you, you know, there, there's all these great moments with, with a card like that where people lean in and are like, wait, wait, what does this do? Wait, what does this do? So Grenzo sort of lends himself to the archetype, like the chaos archetype. Um, and a- Andy continues to ask, is that your favorite archetype? Like, what's your favorite archetype? Is it chaos? It's either chaos or I really like, um, sort of like I was saying, like uh, decks where you get to be the aggressor and kind of uh, force other people, like kind of set the pace for the game. I'm that uh, bad person who'll play a deck like Kalia. Um <laughs> And, you know, uh, immediately become the villain because I've, you know, uh, spat out a whole bunch of angels and demons and things or. uh, (laughs) Well, to be clear, you're the villain. You're the villain before you do that. (laughs) (laughs) But, well, that's the kind of thing that, like, everyone immediately turns on you and you're playing a little game of arch enemy. But it's that, like, (laughs) they can't sit there and just uh, not do anything forever that you're forcing people into conflict. Rakdos Lord of Riots is obviously another good one that's, you know, sticking with the Rakdos theme. It does make me <laughs> sad that, like, Kalia and um, Rafik are both, like, kill on sites because, like, those are the two first decks that I wanted to build, and mm-hmm. I'm super excited to build an all-Exalted deck because I love Exalted and build an all, like, Tribal Angels and Dragons deck. And everybody's like, no, those are, like, you don't get to play decks. Those are you get killed on site because this is not going to be fun for anybody. And I'm like, that's oh. Okay. <laughs> also uh, for the audience, because I had to look this up because I needed to remember exactly. Herald of Leshrac is just stupid. Yeah. It is. <laughs> six and a black for a two, four flyer. Fine. That's six and a black. Gosh, why would that be? Well, cause he's got a cumulative upkeep, which says gain control of land. You don't control. And because you're doing that for every counter on him, that means the first turn you take one land, and then two lands, and then three lands, and he gets a plus one for every land you have that you don't own. So that is just, that is obscene. That is mean and absurd and obscene. It's amazing. Yeah. Holy crap. Herald of Leshrac is one of those cards. <laughs> it's a it's a beaut. It's a beaut. Wow. Uh, what is your uh, best win? We're actually going to get into some things, but I couldn't resist asking these questions from Andy. Um, what is your best win with a Rakdos deck? Oh, that's interesting. Um, Andy asks interesting questions. Huh. 
I... Huh. And for the record, I, like Shivam, I don't think I've ever played a Rakdos deck. I've come close with a Jund deck, but it's not the same. The closest I've got is Brea, and that's as far from a Rakdos deck as you can get. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I've definitely experienced the games where you lay down a Havoc Festival, and... Uh, <laughs> Everyone immediately turns on you, but there's just not enough time, and the game is rapidly uh, descending <laughs> to everyone being dead. And it's that like I should I should say, Havoc Festival is an enchantment. Players can't gain life. Every upkeep or something, um, the that person loses half their life. And um, it's uh, I, I've had those games where like it is circling around the table. And people are dying, and it's like you are definitely the next in line. As long as you get that last person right before you, it doesn't matter. And oh uh, my god, dude! I was playing a life gain deck once, and a dude put down Havoc Festival, and I was just like, "This is well, well, I guess, I guess I'm not going to be doing a lot right now." <laughs> that card is so brutal. So what happened, Sean? So, I mean, just that, where, where like, you know, I, I was able to be the last person hanging on with a few life as it circled around to me, uh, <laughs> taking people out. Kaboom. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just living, trying to live that vicariously right now. <laughs> now, we, let's give a little overview of Rakdos, right? We call it Rakdos because of the... Um, Ravnican Guild that's led by the Lord of Riots, Rakdos himself. And that's a red-black guild. It's um, The mechanics actually exemplify all of the traits we've been talking about, which is sort of this madcap, devil-may-care, throwing caution to the wind. <laughs> Everybody's going to die. At the very least, I'm going to die. But we're going to have fun doing it. Or at the very least, I'm going to have fun doing it. <laughs> And, and if uh, you aren't having fun, you'll have another game in about three minutes. So get over it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I will say, yeah. like this is this is jumping and putting on my my designer hat for a second. Red red black is one of those interesting color pairs um, when you're designing for a set because it has these tools to be this like slow deck where you're just killing everything and you've got nothing but removal. And that's one one way you could definitely play in Commander is just like. I, I am the king of removing things. I will sit here and slowly, you know, defend myself. But it is so much more fun when a set is designed where, like, no, this is about pushing forward. Those kill spells are to get, you know, the walls out of the way and break down barriers so I can smash you in the face. <laughs> it's an egalitarian just... format. <laughs> yeah. You're just trying to connect people. Yeah, yeah. With your fist. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I think Rosie Palm and her five friends want to get to know you really well. (laughs) But that's, that's maybe a little different. (laughs) It's it's not usually the context where I know that metaphor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, there was a, a loading ready run sketch with that yesterday. They were doing uh, euphemisms for a certain activity, and uh, some of them were pretty, pretty <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> but um, Rakdos is the thing is like I do like 
when I do chaos drafts and I end up in like red black, you do you do end up with a lot of like it's surprisingly controlling. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a lot of you've got your dudes out there and red creatures aren't that great, black creatures aren't that great on the generally over the history of mm-hmm. magic, right? But you have every kill and terror there's ever been. And so you can just make sure the board is clean until you're ready to just swarm in with your like scathe zombies or whatever. You so can, how yep. do you mm-hmm. but what you've been talking about is much more explosive, much more combative, right? Like what do you how do you make a Rakdos deck that doesn't just devolve into being a weird control deck? Yeah, I mean, do you mean in Commander or, mm. or when Yeah, like... like for instance in Commander, because I can think of like when I was just like sketching out a Rakdos deck in my head you end up with a lot of creature kill and a lot of mm-hmm. kind of just like hand discard and a lot of things that end up feeling more traditionally controlling than I guess I'm just not the type of player who plays sulfuric vortex. <laughs> so, or I don't know, powder keg type of cards. I, so what, how do you make this ridiculous? I, I feel like, you know, if, if you are that sort of player, there are uh Rakdos decks that sort of fit more of that play style. Um, Olivia, um, the the original Olivia Voldarin really comes to mind there as one that's, uh, you know, she kills oh, things and steals them. Um, and that's real easy to fit into a sort of uh, control package. You've got the... Um, all the the red removal going on and red like dragons and things for the late game and uh black has enough you know uh things that are going to help you um draw cards but I, I just i feel like that the tools that you uniquely get when you're in rakdos are those um sire of insanity or havoc festival those things that mm. are just like no, I am. I am forcing. I am forcing action. I am blowing up everyone's toys, and I'd better be prepared to take advantage of that lack of toys, if that makes right. sense. <laughs> yep. But you better already have the best toys on the battlefield. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a real key to it. I mean, uh, if you're, you know. If you're going to play Sire of Insanity, you'd better be prepared to, like, take the aggro that is coming towards you and either answer <laughs> it or fight right back. So, yeah. Former host of this podcast, Nate Burgess, um, he had a Rakdos Oriots deck that was absolutely <laughs> amazing. And it was like watching a... Uh, a, a wall of cinder blocks mm. just sort of shake mm-hmm. and you know it's gonna tumble you know it's gonna tumble and then it tumbles and <laughs> our old friend chris thacker while playing once he 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 came in he had never seen a lord of the rakdos deck and we all were like don't touch nate don't touch him <laughs> and and he did something oh no it was not don't touch nate it was like don't activate that thing that's going to cause one point of damage to everybody and then uh... he did it and and the wall came down and so <laughs> nate nate dropped rakdos and then the next turn he did a mess load of damage mm. because we had been picking off his little pingers and stuff mm. and he did this mess load of damage and then he proceeded to cast like all of these eldrazi for free just oh poof. god <laughs> it was 
It was horrendous. <laughs> and it was horrendous in a beautiful way, to be clear. And he, I think he killed the entire table with that. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, yeah. Yeah, Nate, Nate's, a, Nate's an excellent Rakdos player. <laughs> um, and we looked at EDH Rec to pull the top five Rakdos commanders. And this is uh, Rakdos Riot's moment to shine because uh, Nate was playing him. And and Rakdos is the number one Rakdos commander on hmm. EDH Rec with 770 uh, different decks. Um, Olivia Voldaren, the original, is second with 646 decks. Mogus, the god of slaughter, which I like to think of <laughs> the god of laughter uh, is 440 <laughs> decks. Grenzo Dungeon Warden 423, and then Olivia Mobilized for War, which surprised me that she was already this popular, uh, to be fifth most popular, with 240 decks. So she's distant, and Donald uh, Miner from EDH Rec says that if you don't have 400 decks, you're pretty much not being played, right? Yeah. But still, she's the fifth most popular Rakdos commander. I don't know. Um, what I wanted to make an Olivia deck, but it was going to be tribal vampires because I'm uh, uncreative yeah. like that, and I do love me some tribal decks. But she's so much fun to just steal things and turn them into your things. And, uh-huh. um, but with Mogus, though, I would probably want to take Mogus and turn him into, like, Naheb from Amonkhet, who is the other Rakdos guy mm. now. Because yeah. he is also just brutalizing. But uh, we can talk about that, I guess, further down the line. Yeah, because we break each of the legendaries out into the different strategies that are uh, really favored slash supported by this uh, this color combo. So some of the strengths of Pear. black and red. Flying, a lot of flying creatures. That's demons and dragons and vampires and fun stuff like that. So really splashy Timmy kind of cards, too. Um it has life gain because black has life link in it. Uh, it has a lot of removal, both things like blasphemous act and direct removal, like murder and uh, hero's downfall and so forth. Um, tutoring black is strongest in tutoring. Go get any card you want, and it's <laughs> I list it as a strength violence <laughs> because all of that sort of aggregates into just punching things and repeatedly until they stop moving. I mean, if you just the weaknesses with the violence, like if you're just out for like street like wraths, especially like wraths like earthquake, yeah. where like I keep my dragons but you don't. Uh, or just yeah. like, the spot removal, like it is definitely like the king of those things. Yeah, king of spot removal, and most of its uh, creature board wipes actually do something else mm-hmm. for you, like draw you cards for each creature that dies, <laughs> or give you a point of life, and it's really fun. Um, and oh, I'm just remembering some jockalops. <laughs> yeah, I'm remembering some <laughs> <Yeah>. terrible things. <laughs> Yeah, and and red, of course, I, I didn't list it as a strength because it's not really a strength. But there's a lot of land destruction, uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of destroy everything, a lot of change. Like warp world is just yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so it has weaknesses, though, and it sort of corresponds to that. Ramp, it's not great in ramp. Even though black is sort of second in <laughs> ramp, it, it requires some activations. It's not as simple as green. And, like, black's uh, ramp and, is all swamp-based, which it makes it really difficult yeah. for a multicolor deck, yeah. right? Yeah. you can get all those guys who will do things like your swamp sap for X more black mana, but that doesn't really help you in these kinds of decks. You know, it's very uh, monolithic in its ramp. Yeah. And 
uh, it's also uh, the the color combination is not great in card draw, even though black has what I would argue is the most powerful card draw card in our format, Necropotence, right? Uh, you always have to pay life for those cards or there's some other drawback like sacrifice a creature. And sometimes you can mitigate that and it's not really an issue. But when you're playing something like Sulfuric Vortex where no one gains <laughs> life anymore, suddenly Necropotence is a, is a real double-edged sword. Yeah, I, and, I, I uh, would it has say impulse that, draw that with red some too. of the time, like it, it has Phyrexian Arena and... Um the like underground market like the uh, uh, i'm forgetting names of cards but uh it, underworld connection yes thank you um it's got uh some pretty decent um card draw so i i, I yeah. would dispute that it's hard to draw cards in this deck uh, you might not want oh. to because because you're playing weird things like like sire of insanity or playing with hellbent but um it, it that's that's what i mean okay like you look at blue and green and blue and green are just like, I'm just paying, paying yep. mana or I just have creatures with power three or greater. <laughs> right. And, and, and the, there's no drawback to that. Mm-hmm. Whereas paying one point of life, maybe even sometimes like with, what, what is it with Erebos, two points mm-hmm. of life mm-hmm. um, in order to draw the card. That's uh, it's not free. And it's certainly not as easy to do as I have three tokens in play. And so now I get to draw three cards cause I'm green. That's fair. Right? That's fair. Yeah. Um, and that's all I meant is that there's a cost associated with it. And then red um, is starting to explore impulse draw. And that's the you have until the end of the turn to cast these spells. Uh, that's pretty good. But it's no again, it's not free draw like green. And it's, you know, it's definitely a use it or lose it. Use it right now or just lose it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the other aspects of both black and red is that when you're talking about big creatures, they very often have drawbacks associated with them some of the demons for example give your opponents a a card and uh do a point of damage to you and so forth so uh, it's something you have to look out for when you're when you're building a very timmy oriented jack timmy oriented deck with lots of big fatties now red of course has dragons and they don't come with drawbacks really they're just expensive yeah i mean but it's i mean you could do something I, I think like a lot of the demons though, a lot of the good ones for this set, like for instance, pestilence demon would probably be amazing in a Rakdos deck, right? Yeah. Because it's just pestilence yeah. on a gigantic body. Yep. Or uh, some of these other guys who can let you, because you can. I mean, some of those demons are amazingly good, even with the drawback. And when your goal is to end the game, the fact that you're, I mean, I guess it took me like twenty years of playing Magic to come to this understanding that. Sometimes your life is not the most re- important resource you've got. Uh-huh. Like that's right. You can just—it doesn't matter as long as you've got that last point of life. As long as they're at zero, you're still winning, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. So, what about a card? Because uh, this just occurred to me when you were talking about land destruction. That a uh, card in this type of deck that might work is uh, aggressive mining from M15, the one that was made <laughs> by the dude uh, who makes Minecraft. Notch. Where, uh, yeah, where you can't play land, but you can sack a land to draw two cards and if you had herald of leshrac who's letting you steal lands anyways then you're stealing their lands and pitching their lands and drawing cards that off of sir lands. is an appealing combo like, <laughs> i mean i'm just i'm just throwing it out there if you wanted to be chaotic without uh-huh. um, you know maybe maybe just you could just pitch these lands and it would be good times and if you happen to have like a dingus egg out no then you're actually taking damage that's bad uh but but I mean, there, there's things, uh-huh, there's things uh-huh. that can be done. Just, yeah. just throwing it out there. 
Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Ankh of Mishra is one of the cards that appears in, uh, I forget which of these commanders, but it's one of the more popular cards in one of these commanders' decks because, of course, they're stealing land or they're destroying land, basically making sure that you don't have any land, and then when you play a land, you have to pay for it. Oh, I love Ankh of Mishra. That card is... Yeah. So, like, one of my first red decks ever back in the day was definitely Mana Flares and Ankh of Mishras and Mm -hmm. Dingus Eggs and, like, Anything you do with land, you're going to hate. You're going to, like, you try to play yeah. something, you're going to take damage for tapping it. You take damage for playing it. You take damage for mana burn because you don't have enough stuff to do. And you're just going to die. <laughs> it was not a fun <laughs> deck. It didn't win me a lot of friends. But boy, howdy, was it a neat deck. And you could probably uh, rebuild that uh, pretty rakdos And then when the dude like me who comes with his Titania deck starts spamming out lands and just eating damage... Life is sadness. Yeah, the, uh, I, I haven't put the Ankin decks, but that that sounds really appealing. That uh, just like press press the game forward just uh, that little bit. Like you know, we are all oh. starting at twenty instead of forty. That that that's my kind of card. <laughs> yeah, this is just like oh, this game is going to end now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Death the, by the, a the clock, putting the clock on the game. That's really good. It's one of the strengths here. So the favored uh, strategies and the commanders associated with those strategies in this in this house are the aggro strategy, right? And that's where you're basically just attacking and you're putting the pressure on with big creatures or any creatures mm-hmm. just constantly. And some of the commanders that uh, really support that are Exava, the Rakdos Blood Witch, Mogus, God of Slaughter, Olivia, Mobilized for War, and, of course, Rakdos, Lord O'Riots, and uh, you can try Dragon Lord Kolagon, but really, that second ability means that it's not gonna. It's you're gonna overpay for Dragon Lord Kolagon mm. a bit just because of that second ability. But in the '99, especially in a Dragon Tribal deck, she's pretty good. Kolagon feels to me like the biggest miss of all of the Elder Dragons. Like if you're gonna call the thing an Elder Dragon, and I can't use it in EDH effectively. Oh, I know. Um, Actually, yeah, Dragonlord Colgon, not Colgon, the other one. Yeah, yeah, the one where it's like you have to have double cards in your graveyard. That's just that made me really, really salty when that card came out. Because it I, made me sad too. Yeah, I was just like, come on. It's it's one but, of those where like you're walking lines serving a lot of different audiences when you're building yeah. a set. It's it's also I would argue that if you just saw the card and it didn't have that line about um, the same name. Uh, like, it's a fine card. Like, lots of people would be playing just like, my dudes all have haste, and I'm a giant hasty guy. Uh, it's it's one of those where, where, like, the fact that you can't optimize that second line looks sad, but, like, the card is perfectly fine without it. Yeah, it, it does work. You can try it. I just think that if you're looking for something that embodies the Rakdos spirit, you'll find a better commander. Right. And, and maybe not even as efficiently lethal, but <laughs> definitely something that murders your own guys a little bit more. <laughs> and so forth. I just I, I'm th- staring at it and I'm like, yeah, I want I want everything to have haste. That's a, that's a fine de- a card. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he he goes it really well in like dragon decks and stuff, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't build a deck around Colgon is what I'm saying. That's fair. That's the fair. other yeah. one though, maybe. Yeah, the that's one what with I mean. Dash. In the notes we put in the '99 yeah. of an aggro mm. deck. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Another, we've already sort of talked about it, it chaos, right? It's, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be painful. 
And uh, Grenzo is great for that, even though you can, and we talk about that a little bit later, control what goes on the bottom of the deck. Uh, Grenzo Dungeon Warden specifically, and then Vile Smasher the Fierce, which is actually just random damage <laughs> being done every time you cast a spell. It's beautiful. Vile Smasher is such a cool card. <laughs> yeah. It's such a yeah. cool, cool card. With a great story, great backstory too. Uh, so Control, we mentioned that. That's uh, Mogus, the God of Slaughter. Believe it or not, he I have seen Mogus in a in a ridiculously nasty stacks deck um, <laughs> where it really, really mean. It was wonderful. And that's Dean Guti, one of our uh, playtesters, and now a host of a different podcast, too. Yeah. Um, Olivia Voldarin, also a control deck. I'm, I'm sorry, you were saying? Uh, no, I was just thinking about the fact that Mogus is, he's so, I mean, that's such a perfect Rakdos card. That, like, you just yeah. take two damage at the beginning of your turn unless you start pitching dudes, which for my token deck's fine. But if you're trying to be one of those fancy, like, uh, you know, spell-based decks or something, or like the Narset Mega Tank, you're just going to start eating damage so quickly from from Hogus. It's pretty great. It's yeah. one of those effects and... that, like, really fits into that evil villain plan of play, because, like... When you start getting to those turns, or like, can I sacrifice? Can I take afford to take the damage? And the walls are closing in <laughs> on you slowly. Yes, and it's the coolest yes. artwork too. He yeah. just looks totally badass. Like he looks like the type of guy who's going to tear your face off, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, that was basically Dean's deck. It was remove all the creatures, uh, make it so you can't untap your lands <laughs> if you have any lands. And then start to squeeze. It was <laughs> it was beautiful. Now you mentioned Olivia Voldaren as uh, control. Uh, I I had her written. I had her labeled sort of as a tribal commander because we see a lot of vampire tribal with Olivia Voldaren, and she turns things into vampire. But that she is control, I will not. There is no dispute. <laughs> she is a control creature. She's taken your stuff. <laughs> and so what happens is when she comes out, everybody sort of holds off. We'll talk about these in more detail. And then Sabo Tavak, which I. Let's hold off until we actually get to her. Um, there are two legends that aren't great in control, and it's Axelrod Gunnarsson and Tor Walkie, both ironically from the legend set, and both are sort of control slash pillow forty. But uh, eh, maybe you don't want to play them as the commander, certainly, and probably not even in the ninety nine. Um, direct damage also supported, and that's um, Kervek the Merciless. Lizolda the Blood Witch, Timoret the Murder King, who isn't so great, but then Vile Smasher the Fierce, who is awesome. <laughs> Torwaki is like the best mono white creature with red and black in the casting costume I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah. The dudes in Legends had literally no idea what magic was at all. They were just throwing colors at things. They were figuring things yeah. out as they went along. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all, some of these things. I'm going to jump back for one second and say Kervik the Merciless. I would believe that you could also make a highly political deck out of this card based on the fact that when you cast something, if I've got Karavec out, I get to choose where to do that damage. So we can be wheeling and dealing left and right. And it's mm. not necessarily like I'm just punishing you for casting your spells. Oh, that's clever. That is good. Look at you. <laughs> It's almost like you have multiplayer experience or something. <laughs> hmm. I mean, I want to I want to say that's not how I'm playing the card, but one <laughs> But if could. you're Joshua Kwai, that's definitely 
uh, yes, where you're gonna I go would believe because, that. Yeah, Caravac yeah. is cool. I hate the artwork though, but it's a cool card. Yeah, it is pretty bad art. And then, of course, we have kind of a tribal category, but that that almost feels like a, a default. Uh, but in this case, it's you know Bladewing the Risen, who's dragon tribal. Um, Boris Devil Boons, he's bad. It makes demon tokens, so maybe in a demon tribal. Um, Kolagon the Storm's Fury, again in Dragon Tribal. I think we'll be hearing Dragon Tribal a lot, won't we? <laughs> Neheb the Worthy, Minotaur Tribal. Olivia, both of them in uh, Vampire Tribal. Both of them also very aggressive. Uh, Rakdos the Defiler in uh, another tribal because he's destroying half your demons. <laughs> half your non-demons, sorry. And so if you naturally have more demons than anybody else, hey, look at that. Um, Roga of Kerkey. Kerkey. I like to say Kerkey. Love this guy. Yep. I love this and, guy. And uh, definitely a tribal kobolds of Kerkey. Mind you, that's not all kobolds. That's specifically kobolds of Kerkey. Yes. Which, fortunately, <laughs> the Legends card produces. So you've got two whole cards to to give you fodder for this guy. Isn't, yeah. Uh, doesn't uh, what the dragon of Kirkheap that was made later on? Prosh. Yeah, Prosh. Doesn't he make kobolds? Oh, Kirkheap, does he? Just, I don't yeah. remember. I thought he did. If you want to not play Prosh as your commander instead. <laughs> Look, dude, Rogal was awesome in my Legends deck in 1993. You are correct. I will have you know I had a lot of Cobalt of Kirkheap before we put that stupid four-card limit. It was amazing. <laughs> Cobalt of Kirkheap cost zero. I was just spamming them out. And they'd be like, why did you do this? And I'm like, now they're all huge and you're dead. <laughs> it doesn't work in a singleton format. I admit it. But if you try really hard i don't know put it into a five color commander deck with mirror weave and make everybody into cobalt to kirkheap and then you're just giganto okay look it takes a lot of work don't do it <laughs> it takes a lot of work um and you know fortunately we have kirkheap so all now now we actually have two cards that are relevant to that inside of a roga deck I don't know. I'm I'm, so, dro- yeah, that's... I'm dropping him into my Prosh deck now that I've <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Oh, he totally goes into Prosh. <laughs> He's a five five. Goodness gracious! It's a good um, card, dude. <laughs> oh, I suppose we should have started this by saying we're probably not going to go into a lot of detail on these cards because we're doing more of a survey of the color combination than any individual cards. But the last of these tribal cards is uh, Wart. Boggart Ante, who of course is Black Red Goblin Tribal. So you'd think there'd be more Red Black Goblin Legends, wouldn't you? Yeah, what yeah. Is... I mean, I don't understand why there aren't. There should be, yeah. but we have Grenzo and Wart, and that's at least something. And Vile Smasher. Yes, Vile Smasher. Yeah, yeah. So they in in any Goblin Tribal, all of those uh, goblins will go into it. So have fun. So just to kind of recap the legends we don't recommend you use, they have li- very limited homes, but still it's even question. Like Axelrod Gunnarsson, Boris Devilboon, Pavel Maliki, and Torwaki, all from the legend set. Sorry, old guys. <laughs> I noticed you, you didn't mention a... the great Lady Orca. The uh, Oh, no. 7-4 vanilla for 7. <laughs> She's in the just don't category. Um, <laughs> unless you're doing some kind of human tribal in black red i, I just hear that and i, I hear a something. challenge 
Well, see, one of my favorite things to do when I'm sitting around bored is the what I call the gatherer challenge, where you hit random card until you find a legend and then build a deck around it. Mm. And uh, sometimes you end up with vanillas from legends, and you just have to make it work. Be creative. Use your uh, use your you know flavor mind, and it's amazing. And the decks generally suck, but that's not the point. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah, I I just follow the principle that if I'm going to be entertained, the deck should at least be somewhat effective too, because you can make effective decks that are super flavorful. Is what I'm trying to say there. Man, if all my decks had to win, I'd have no decks at all. <laughs> I I'm not saying they have to win. I'm just saying they're flavorful. Like my Karametra deck. Really flavorful. It's an Enchantress deck. So it does all the thing Enchantresses, all the things an Enchantress deck should do. It just doesn't necessarily do it fast and it doesn't necessarily win. It's just, hey, everybody, we're going to a magical place where enchantments rule everything. <laughs> so, but, and that's what I mean. It's not, she doesn't win a lot of games, but damn, it's a fun deck to mm-hmm. play. So, Lady Orca is joined by Barktooth Warbeard, and I put Roga in the just don't category, but you know what? Give it a shot. <laughs> I like Roga. I Rogar. will. <laughs> all, the, uh, all the black red clones Bark-tooth you can possibly can go right to hell, though. enjoy. <laughs> yeah, Barktooth is... Oh, God. It's like, seriously, dog, um, you shouldn't be ro- rolling random D&D characters when you're making a legend set. Like, this is just not a thing you should be doing. Oh, Believe me, they didn't roll it while making the legend set. <laughs> they were just like, quick, somebody just go grab the campaign book and throw it on there. That is exactly what it is. And it's why they ended up with uh, uh, cards that didn't fit the color pie, and even in that or early any stage. pie, or like Adventurer's right. Guildhouse, you know, like all your white characters get banned with other white creatures. Anyways, not Rakdos. <laughs> not Rakdos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how do we simulate the Lord of Old Kobolds? <laughs> hey, remember when he was fat and sat on that throne? Well, surely you can't just give all your kobolds of Kirki plus two plus two all the time. I would play oh, a module my. set in Kirkkeep. I'm just saying it was probably like a very good keep on the borderlands type of game. Yeah. If you were going to set it in Dominaria, just change it to Kirkkeep and you could totally do it. Especially uh, that's like a free that, idea that, that make it art happen. clicks for me from like memories of D and D from that era. Exactly. It yeah. feels like old school Clyde Caldwell mm-hmm. type of stuff. And look, if you're of a certain vintage, this is nostalgia. <laughs> 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 or if you only play vintage, <laughs> Some of the staples for Rakdos include, and there are there are many, and actually depending on which strategy you're pursuing, there are there are other cards that are kind of staples in those decks. But I think everybody plays Rakdos Charm, right? Uh, and since this is the card porn section of the show, uh, we can talk about them a little bit. This one is black and a red. It's an instant with uh, three modes, and you choose one. Exile all cards from target player's graveyard, destroy target artifact, or each creature deals one damage to its controller. Here's what I... Which I've seen used as a finisher. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say is I love this card because it's two modes that are, like, really good at dealing with, like, problems that might just crop up in your commander games. Yeah. Taking out graveyards and artifacts. And then there's this weird third mode that will take out, you know, Shivam with his army of tokens or. 
I have been wiped out by random Rakdos charm out of nowhere. <laughs> and you're just sitting there like I've got an army of something like, you know, 37, 40, 40 soldier tokens. And I'm about to alpha strike next turn. And then it's just like top deck Rakdos charm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what sure. just... Do you have more creatures than your life total? I've got bad news for you. Like what just happened? <laughs> I've got bad news for you. Yeah, I had a I had a surprise Rakdos charm take out my graveyard while I was playing Brea, and I was in the midst of this fantastic recursion engine, <laughs> and the other players she just went no, boom, gone, <laughs> and I was it was as if I were physically struck. <laughs> I was just like oh oh that's terrible. Why would you do that? And she said because you're using your graveyard too much, <laughs> and she wasn't wrong. Well, she wasn't wrong. Um, so cards that appear in a lot of decks of, you know, not just Rakdos Charm, but Terminate, which has pretty spiffy art in mm-hmm. its newest iteration. That's, uh, just destroy target creature. It can't be regenerated. Don't be regenerating. <laughs> so wait, why would you play Terminate over like Terror? Oh, because I guess it says non-black. Right. Cause Terror so this is, uh, is just not targeting. Yep. This okay. is just target creature. Or, yeah, exactly. Or you just, you know, put all of them together and just keep uh, slaughtering. You just keep slaughtering. Uh, <laughs> Dread Boar, which is destroy target creature or planeswalker, but those creatures can regenerate. Um, unlicensed Disintegration, a new card. Somebody on this show might have had something to do with that. Um, destroy target creature. And if you control an artifact, hey, guess what? Three damage to that creature's controller. That one is really good with Rakdos because... <laughs> You take out a problematic creature, you've got your soul ring already, probably, and now you can cast Rakdos. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, twin Strike, because a lot of these commanders, we'll get to them, um, they want to throw their hands away, like Malfagor. <laughs> or Neheb. Or Neheb, or um, uh, Exava, I believe. Um We'll get to that, but we'll see. Like Twin Strike says, Twin Strike deals two damage to each of two target creatures. But if you're hell bent, which means you're holding no cards in hand, destroy those creatures instead. Wee! Um, Havoc Festival, which we mentioned earlier, players can't gain life. It's an enchantment, so it sticks around. At the beginning of each it's a player's hot potatoes. Oh it is. God! Yeah. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player loses half his or her life, rounded up. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, and Havoc Festival's best buddy, Sulfuric Vortex. Um, another enchantment at the beginning of each player's upkeep, Sulfuric Vortex deals two damage to that player. And if a player, just in case, right, if a player would gain life, that player gains no life instead. Both of those mean you can't gain any life, so you better be ready for it. Yeah, I'm sure that's a thing that Red Black cares a lot about. <laughs> God, yeah, yeah. whatever will I do? Yeah, um, there's a card we talk about a little bit later that is just one of those like yeah it just doesn't matter guys <laughs> so if you have like havoc festival and then uh one of those red cards that says all damage is doubled does that mean they just die oh no it's lose life as opposed to deal damage right uh and uh damage is done. life loss but life loss is not damage um but of course sulfuric vortex does that and then you just bam bam <laughs> <laughs> Zot. I'm realizing now that like the card one with nothing that everybody likes to uh, trash a lot would probably be absurdly good in certain Rakdos builds. 
where you're just like pitching your whole hand and yeah. then crazy things happen. Whoops. I just really need to get to Hellbent right now. <laughs> Basically. There are a number or... of these commanders that really care about that. Um, Heckbent. <laughs> and it, it's it's not that you're building a madness themed deck, but you sure can take advantage of madness when you're throwing your hand away every turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Wow, now I want to do that. I want to build a deck where you're just like, I guess I don't need any cards right now. <laughs> yeah. I challenged Jeremiah in our deck testing group to build a Madness deck, and this was before um, Amonkhet. And uh, he wasn't able to do it, and I'm hoping he's listening to this and takes it as a challenge because he usually does a really good job with those challenges. Um, so the aggro strategies, like they want, there are a couple of cards as we talked about before, that they just want. Rakdos, though, the Lord of Riots, we talked about him way back in episode 18, so you should go listen to it. It was a really good episode, and it focuses on Nate's deck. And he's what we call a big mana commander, which means that you can Mm. cast things, in this case big creatures, for free or at a severe discount. And that discount happens to match the amount of damage done to opponents (laughs) this turn. Sorry, I can't help but giggle. Um, <laughs> because if if you have, you know, three opponents and you do three points of damage th- each, that means, like, an artisan of Kozilek gets cast for free. <laughs> so, that, oh, uh, each opponent. Oh, that's not nice at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rakdos is exactly <laughs> beautiful. And one of the cards that came out last year and is kind of overlooked unless you are a Rakdos player who needs to inflict one point of damage at least to, to cast him is Cryptolith Fragment, right? Mm. Uh, what is what is that? Um, Eldritch Moon. It's a mana rock for three. Uh, Cryptolith Fragment enters the battlefield tapped, but when you tap it, you can add one mana of any color to your mana pool and each player, and which means your opponent, loses one life. <laughs> Rakdos can come out and play now, probably with the mana that you've just used, that you've just created, rather. I'll also mention another recent card is Sunscorched Desert. Yes. That gives you that one point of damage on the land just to help Rakdos get started himself, because he needs to also get primed before he can come out. I almost included that in these notes here. <laughs> I just didn't want to feel like an Amonkhet advertisement like the entire last month of the show has been. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I saw Sun Sun Scorched Desert, and I was like, uh, "Okay, Rakdos has a new buddy." <laughs> Olivia mobilized for war, uh, kind of aggro tribal. But what she's really doing is she's discarding cards, right? And uh, whenever you cast a creature, you may discard a card. So you want to capitalize that on that with cards that um, don't mind being discarded, such as those with madness or. Since you're in black, you can have recursion, so you pitch a creature, bring it back for two mana. Um, or cards that care about discarding, uh, like this one from Amonkhet. Oh, you you want to read this one, since I know Amonkhet was near and dear to you, Sean? <laughs> Archfiend of Ifnir. Uh, Plus, I wanted you to pronounce that. Yeah, yeah, and I, <laughs> I realized that as soon as I started reading it, and then was like, oh no, this is a train wreck. I don't know <laughs> correct pronunciation here, but... This is a demon with some truly uh, terrifying artwork. Uh, it is 3BB54. Flying, whenever you cycle or discard another card, put a minus one, minus one counter on each creature your opponents control 
and he cycles for two. This card is so much fun to play. <laughs> yeah. It is just so wrong. It's so much fun. And yeah, with uh, the one with nothing deck that I'm now brewing in my head, yeah. this guy's just going to be absurd. And it occurred to me that if you're making one of these kind of discard-heavy uh, Rakdos decks, you should pull out uh, Randy Bueller's favorite card, Megrim, which, yep. uh, yeah. if you remember from the olden days, was like, oh, when you discard a card, you take two damage. And since a lot of these dudes like Neheb and uh, Olivia and stuff are like force people to start pitching cards and you've got all of your Havoc festivals and everything, man, this game is going to end in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What are you doing to me, Sean? I'm going to make this disgusting yeah, I love evil it. deck. By the time we're done, it's just going to be like, what's the point of your deck? Oh, to kill all your lands and then take your hand away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, you're getting into the theme. <laughs> and Rakdos is an important part of Grixis. Uh, so if you have <laughs> forgotten creation out, you can you can do devastating things with Archfiend of Ifnir. <laughs> what is that one? The forgotten creation is the one that lets you discard your hand. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may discard all the cards in your hand. If you do, draw that many cards. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got seven. That cards. is busto. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be silly. This is going to be so silly. Good news, everybody. All your creatures just got seven minus one minus one counters. <laughs> yeah, I just wrapped your board. Oh, God. this is. Then they're going to be like, how did you make a Leovold deck without Leovold? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's not right at all. Yeah. yeah kind of fun. So, Exava, she cares about plus one plus one counters. That's it. In addition... To unleash and bloodthirst mechanics, there are cards that can put them directly on creatures or manipulate them. And a good one that Nate was the first one to expose us to this. It was Unspeakable Symbol. Yeah. I've never seen this card before. For one in black, black, you get an enchantment. You pay three life, which, of course, hey, we're doing it. And you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Hi. Yeah. Whoa. So good. Yeah, it's real good. (laughs) Oh. This is one of those that, like, you know, looks kind of like it's a hefty cost until you realize you you never actually need to use it. You just sit there threatening that my creatures can become infinitely strong at any moment. and Or maybe they have lifelink and you just get it back anyway. Yeah. Mm. Well, what more needs to be said? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then uh, Mogus is... Uh, uh, I couldn't choose just one card for Mogus, right? Uh, Mogus gives your enemies a choice. You take two or you sacrifice a creature. And so you want to you want to make um, a lot of choices more difficult. Yeah, we talk about him in the control. So even though Mogus can reward an aggro deck, we go into a little bit more detail in the control section. So chaos strategies... Uh, Sean, you're definitely the uh, the expert on this. Um, There's something about you know chaos strategies that just sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. What's your strategy? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know things. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm, I'm just going to cast some spells, <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so 
but Grenzo has a little thing where he wants things on the bottom of his deck. So he can actually, like, he can, within this cloud of chaos that he presents, he can actually kind of stack the deck in his favor, can he? Yeah, this, putting... is, this is Grenzo cheating by, like, lining up exactly what he wants to get. Yep. Who knows what we're going to get, right? <laughs> And uh, the, I love the theme, though, because he's the dungeon warden, so he takes whatever's at the bottom of your library, which the library is a dungeon, and he puts them in the graveyard because he reports that they died, and then uh, uh, he, he reanimates them mechanically if they're smaller, and that's only because he needs an agent on the outside. He pretends they died, throws them free, and now they're out available. And he's just sort of bossing them around. And he's like, remember who gave you your freedom, young man. <laughs> um, and uh, so did Mel write the story about Grenzo? Uh, there's two stories about Grenzo. Uh, she and I co-authored one of them, and I wrote the other. Oh, you oh, did? Okay, well, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's, he's my boy. I didn't actually <laughs> design him, I should say. He, he came from uh, the development team of the original Conspiracy, but... Uh, I, and I you am... just looked at that and were like, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that that means they, uh, they've really got that. Like, they've really understood what you were trying to do with the set. Flavor-wise. Okay, thank you. Um, so... <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, this was me agreeing uh, with you. I... <laughs> yes, I often take silence as assent and agreement. <laughs> no, sorry. Here's, here's why I really paused, was I was debating whether to also credit, you know, you could say Adam Lee and uh, Richard Witters were the people who, uh, they initially pitched the concept of the legends in the set, so he's also their creation. I know the name comes from Ari, so it was like a, a, a wealth of people, and I didn't know how many it was appropriate to point to and be like, these people People all created Grenzo, so uh, I wasn't it's I wasn't ignoring you. I was I was debating how how deep I wanted to go down that well. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you just left him hanging. So, so <laughs> God but, damn, I laugh a lot on these shows. <laughs> yeah, you do. But what we've learned is it it takes a village to make a dungeon warden. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, do you want to read this card? Sure. So Rito Lantern, uh, that's an artifact that lets you put cards from your graveyard on the bottom of your library. So hmm. if if you need some more bullets for that Grenzo gun, he will line them back up for you. Uh, and Crystal Ball, uh, or really anything that scries, is just great for, you know, normally you're using it to line up your next plays but you also put them at the bottom of your library so you can line up good uh good targets for grenzo that way yeah in in a grenzo deck when somebody scries and says "Mm, i'll put this on the bottom of my library (laughs) i never even thought of using scry like that that's such a neat like secondary use for this ability that you're normally using to try to you know filter the top of your deck of course if you care about the bottom then that makes way more sense that you're like, oh, I think I'll just put uh, this here demon right at the bottom. Gosh, I yep. guess. One, um, one of the fun parts about Grenzo is typically he's one of those where you'll wait to activate him. That like, hmm. you know, I'll, I'll put him down, have a bunch of mana, and then just like wait for everyone's turns. Or if I'm getting attacked, suddenly it's like, let's find out who is in that dungeon. And you can... Yeah. Uh, fire off all those shots and find out, you know, who who you have this turn, uh, 
And that's a really like fun moment and like uh, to to see exactly what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him used defensively too, where something big is coming and it's like, well, I don't know who my buddy is. <laughs> Roll the dice, pull yeah. him out, see what comes out the bottom. Yeah, that's so where the chaos. Him up. The, that's where the chaos comes in. He's a lot like it. it feels like Joyer in that sense, except of course Joyer is completely planned out. But <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's like with that Grenzo, I've got. Oh, you know what? I've got four mana at the end of my last opponent's turn. All right, let's see what it is. Have you ever thought about using the card Cellar Door from Innistrad? Yeah, no, it's uh, like three and tap to, uh, it's an artifact that lets you put the bottom card of your library or target player puts the bottom card of the library into their graveyard and then you get a 2-2 zombie. And I guess that would work counter to what Grenzo wants to do, huh? But it might be another way to use the bottom of your library. Yeah, yeah, that's another great like use for these cards is just like, you know, or or... You know, it might be a fine backup Grenzo when Grenzo's uh, gotten too expensive to cast. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. you know, oh, God, yeah, your commander tax probably gets brutal on this guy. <laughs> well, yeah, if you uh, if you let him die. <laughs> Fair. And then he does, it does tend to get less effective over time, but uh, still, you know, a, a properly running Grenzo deck is going to take care of all that. And there are other cards that put. There's one, another one from Conspiracy that puts. Uh, it's Junk one of the robots. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, of? that's it. Yeah, it puts things at the bottom of the deck, and then there are still there are more cards that do that, um, like one or two others. So they all typically go into a Grenzo deck. Mm. Um, and, and then, then otherwise, I just like pick that power that you that you're setting him to, and find all the cards with the best like the highest mana cost to lowest power ratio. Yeah. And so that you can fire out those like Kiki Jikis and Siege Gang Commanders and uh you oh, know man. uh whatever whatever kind of things are gonna be like the best targets for your Grenzo deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Grenzo's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um the uh next commander in our uh chaos group here is uh, Vile Smasher, who Vile Smasher the Fierce, of course, who is just fantastic, and it represents both the direct damage and chaos aspect because it's just doing damage randomly based on the CMC of any card you want. So you generally want, again, no specific cards, but you generally want um, uh, cards with a CMC larger than what you actually pay for them. Like Blasphemous mm. Act is a great one, mm. right? <laughs> You can typically cast it paying only one mana because of all the creatures that are out. But that's a big fat damage spell when you're looking at it CMC. Um, if you do branch out to Grixis, then there are a lot of Delve cards, even in black, actually. There are a lot of Delve cards that um, you you get a discount, but you end up with a high CMC. Um, and uh, again, Nate... <laughs> He wrote an excellent article on EDHREC.com about how to build with Vile Smasher, like what you think about when you're building a deck with uh, with her. So go take a look there. We'll include a link in the show notes because it's just nice. such a good resource. Yeah. It's a really good article. Um, even if you're already very familiar with um, Vile Smasher, it's worth taking a look at because you realize like, wow, there are principles here I can use for building decks in general. Um, patron Dan Krause asks... Can Vile Smasher be a viable commander all by herself? And specifically in a multiplayer format. 
what do you guys think? It's it's an interesting question. I feel like, uh, I mean, the answer is probably yes. Like, I definitely, she's the half of a lot of, like, duos that I'm going to want to, like, build around. But, uh, I mean, there's the part of me that's also like, you're just giving up value if you don't take that other commander. That other commander's free. <laughs> just load him in there, too. <laughs> Put someone with blue in there so you can do exactly what you were saying and build the Grixis version with your your treasure crews or whatever. I don't know, man. I love having these partner commanders as individual standalones. Just, I mean, I I understand that you could just like slap them together, but like just Thrasios, for instance, by himself, great. Mm-hmm. Vile Smasher by yourself, totally great. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of these episodes, I guess I'll talk about my uh, Chaos Commander project where. You build half a deck with each partner and then randomly grab them and put them together to build uh, a Voltron deck that's like random every time you play. And by Voltron, you don't mean Commander. I don't mean like Commander Voltron. I mean like by our powers combined Voltron. (laughs) Like the old times of like my tiger and your tiger will make a big Megazord. Um, Well, maybe not a Megazord. Whatever, you get it. (laughs) All of my metaphors matter. Um, But the point is, yeah, you could totally make a Vile Smasher. I think... Vile Smasher of all of the partner commanders is probably the one that's most viable for individual usage just because her power is so ridiculous and there's so many neat things you could do with that. Yeah. There are definitely a couple of other partners giving it a run for its money, like Kaideli and, and Thrasios, right? Well, yeah, I love yeah. Thrasios, but that's not Rakdos. <laughs> Thrasios. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so control strategies. Now... This is one I know uh, you'll talk about Olivia a lot, Sean, but Mogus God of Slaughter, right? He incites your opponents to lust for blood. And it's such a strong lust that they will sacrifice their own creatures in their frenzy, right? The, the, the story behind that is just wonderful. He's the, he's the God of Slaughter, right? He's like, you're going to kill things. And in his very presence, you can't help but want to kill things. So you kill your own, your own team. Um, and, uh, that basically lends him into a control strategy as frenetic and frantic as that, as, and as frenetic and panicked as that sounds, he controls the board. And so pillow fort options are pretty good because again, Mogus is like, look, you're just going to sacrifice creatures <laughs> until you don't have creatures anymore. And then you're going to take pain. Right. <laughs> and that's even true of, uh, all but the most prolific of token generators. So you want cards that prevent your opponent from ge- opponents from gaining life. Um, make hard choices, so cards that have Will of the Council or Council's Dilemma. And then this fun little card, Choice of Damnations. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is this? For five and a black, you get a sorcery. It's an arcane sorcery, so get ready to splice things. Target opponent chooses a number. You may have that player lose that much life if you don't. That player sacrifices all but that many permanents. All but? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is a hard card to parse, but it's basically one of those like like we turned prisoner's dilemma into a magic card. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I, I just did a brief scan of it, and I was like, that didn't seem very. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, it's it's beautiful, and and there are others like. Uh, remorseless punishment that's a that's kind of a hard choice but this one is evil (laughs) 
It's just a mean, And then mean you fork part. it and point it at a different opponent. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you, you make the target opponent choose a number. <laughs> hey, hey, look, I'm not telling you how much you're going to lose. You're telling you. you. Pick a number, any <laughs> that, number. <laughs> that is so... God, choice of damnations. What a yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> this is a mean... Unpleasant card. <laughs> this is a mean, unpleasant color combination. <laughs> as, as a mostly white player with greenish inclinations, oh, this yeah. is not a comfortable podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to some things we can do, Shivam, as the white and green players here. Um, but uh, yeah, this is an evil card, and it's beautiful. And this card, more than any other, made me absolutely want to build a Rakdos deck. And it might oh even be God, R- Lord yeah. of Riots, because then I'll just throw some Eldrazi together. Oh. Um, yeah, so Olivia Voldaren, she is the queen of vampires, and really... In this sense, she is the queen of traditional control because she's very much like Memnark, like you said. Uh, and her story is she bites creatures, turns them into vampires, and then convinces them somehow to uh, join her. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, now, you, you don't think, Sean, that she's a necessarily a tribal commander. Is that right? She's incidental? I, I mean, maybe maybe you want to throw in some traditional, like, vampire lords just to to beef up your opponent's creatures to to make them hit a little bit harder. But usually those uh, kind of like um, Stromker Captain or something that's like, you know, all your vampires get a little bigger are good when you can go really wide, which I don't think you're going with her. I I might look um, to her to play something like um, the Ruin Sage. um, Mm. Anawan? Yes, yeah. That forces everyone at the beginning of your upkeep to sacrifice a non-vampire, uh, <laughs> or something like blood tribute, where it's like um, an opponent loses yeah. half their life, but it's got a kicker uh, tap a vampire, and you gain that much life. Some of those that are like, if you've got uh, like, it really protects having a couple vampires. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking to go really wide with her. Oh, got it. Yeah, so she, it's not like she's going to create a lot of tokens. Even with Call the Bloodline, is it? Not Call. Um, uh, the card that was in uh, Eldritch Moon. The one where you discard to uh, make a vampire? Yeah, where you make yeah, a vampire yeah. token. Hmm. Yeah, uh, she... Stentia Bloodhall? No, not that one. Uh, uh, something, anyways. Yeah, call whatever. the Bloodline. Oh, yeah, it is Call the Bloodline. Um that's that's pretty good if you're making token and you're running making tokens and you're running a uh, uh, vampire tribal and madness, which <laughs> put all that together. Uh, incorrigible youths is kind of fun in a madness uh, in a vampire tribal madness deck. So, in, in uh, my head, that's call of the bloodline. Call the bloodline sounds like it's a command <laughs> it's advising you to go give blood. Call the bloodline today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is I think it's it's neither here nor there I just no now I'm just imagining like Olivia running a blood (laughs) like a blood drive at the office yeah yeah well she would all the vampires are just pouring out their like uh, their bottles (laughs) (laughs) bringing jugs of milk from that house yeah (laughs) oh god so yeah she does lend her bloodline 
It, yeah, it is called the bloodline. She she does lend herself to traditional, more traditional control, and it's another. It, it's one of these cards like um, uh, somebody will get to at uh, Sabo actually, who inhibits casting your commander because why on earth with Olivia out are you going to cast your commander? It just becomes a, the very next turn. It just becomes a vampire, and then under her control. So, yeah, it's great. You have to you have to work around Olivia, and she creates a real block while you can set up your main strategy. Which this being Rectos means you'll be in a lot of pain very shortly, <laughs> and for a very short period of time. It's, uh, it's one of those commanders, though, that people will gang up on you because you are that much trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true, and it's worth noting. I, I laugh because I'm like, yeah, that's when I when I build Olivia. I've built Olivia before. That's what I've thought of. Like, oh yeah, I have to be able to deal with everybody. But newer players should probably consider, or new to Olivia players, should probably consider um, that they will become the arch enemy because no one likes that. Anybody There's... who's played Memnarch is familiar with this. Yeah, there's definitely that, like, pressure. She can't bite us all this turn. <laughs> That's what they think. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, now with Paradox Engine, guess what? <laughs> um, so then the last one in our control category is Malfagor. Malfagor is worth reading. Do either of you have him up? Shivan, why don't you read him? Yeah. Because you will um, laugh and laugh. <laughs> Malfagor is a uh, demon dragon uh, for two black and uh, red. Uh, two two black, two red, six mana. Very uh, flavorful for a 6-6. Six, six. Um, he's flying, and when he enters the battlefield, discard your hand. Each opponent must sacrifice a creature for each card discarded this way. <laughs> um, that's pretty... <laughs> That's pretty messed up, man. Wow, I think he might be the the new king of my uh, one with nothing deck. Um, yeah, I think I even have him in uh, in my Kalia deck, which is probably true. You absolutely um, do. Yeah, it's, he's. I like it. This guy's a good card. He's always been a fun card, and it's like it catches people off guard when it comes from your hand more <laughs> so than when you're it's in your um, command zone. But yeah, you drop them and suddenly everybody's like, you want me to do what now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it creates this real weird asymmetry where suddenly you don't have cards in your hand, but no one else has cards on the board. So you'd better (laughs) be prepared to act right now because they'll catch up. Well, see, that's what lightning greaves are for, right? Yeah, yeah. Your face, my fist, let's meet. I, I will say, like, if you're playing this as your commander, I think there's kind of two ways to do it. I mean, if you're not just going for that pure flavor, uh, that either it's just this, like, one nuke that you've got. Uh, otherwise, just it gets really, really resource intensive to, like, mm-hmm. well, I want to refill my hand. I want him to die, and now he costs eight to do it the second time. So, like, he is just hungry for... Card draw and mana if you want to try to maximize him. Well, I would do it with um, recursion. So I'd mm. sack him for effect and then animate dead for one or mm. reanimate for, you know, reanimate dead for two or reanimate for one. Sure. And then he comes back in. Um, the uh, Theros card, the most flavorful Theros card, the Journey <laughs> to the Underworld, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's excellent <laughs> because you sack him and uh, you sack him. He goes to the graveyard. The next turn he pops back in with a runescar demon buddy 
Hey, everybody. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, or uh, Conjurer's Closet. <laughs> Sorry. Makes me chuckle. <laughs> um, and Or like Madness or any yeah. of the or Archdemon of Ifnir just happened to be on the table while yeah. you're doing this. Yeah. And you're just wrathing all day long. <laughs> I mean, this gets a little absurd. It does. <laughs> a lot absurd. It gets really absurd. And so you look at Malfagor as, you know, if you extend that philosophy of like, I don't care what my future holds, and he throws the <laughs> cards away, um, you can do all sorts of things. And that's the deck that Dehas built, and we'll get into that. The star of Dehas's deck was Hellcarver Demon. Um, yeah, but, but without looking, do you know this card, Shivam? No. Okay, great. So d- don't look at it. For three and black, 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 you get a creature demon. It's a 6-6, six, six, of course. Flying. Whenever Hellcarver Demon deals combat damage to a player, sacrifice all other permanents you control and <laughs> discard your hand. <laughs> what? Exile the top six cards of your library. You may cast any number of non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. What the hell? So <laughs> when this 6-6 six, six flies over and does any combat damage, and if you can give it trample, it's even better. I can see why there's no trample on it, right? It just has to do combat damage to a player, and then you take everything you have on your board, sacrifice it, throw it into the graveyard, and then take the top six cards of your library and put those into play. (laughs) And, of course, you're not putting any lands into play, so you don't want lands. You want big, fat creatures or big, fat spells. But then, here's the best part. They're only there one turn. <laughs> and then Hellcarver Demon does his trick again and attacks. Now Jesus. you take everything and you sacrifice it, throw it away. Six new cards, everybody. It's lovely. Um, and uh, when Dehas did that, it was amazing. Just amazing. Because now he doesn't, he's not, you know, he doesn't have to cast these big fat demons and they're monsters, real monsters. Look at, think about it. Like, what if it's an Ulamog? You put Ulamog down. Hello. <laughs> um, oh, God. Yeah. It was fantastic. Fantastic. It's one of those where, like, Malfagor is already kind of pushing your chips into the center of the table and Hellcarver Demon just, like, somehow pushes them even further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pushes I'm them in. through the no, table. I'm really all in. How much all or in can I get? Okay, yeah. well, I'll put my car in there. What? Wait, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, because Malfagor says, I don't have a future. And Hellcarver Demon says, I don't have anything. <laughs> <laughs> what the? You're breaking my brain, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. What Total, is going on? He turned Malfagor into this absolute chaos deck, and it was just fantastic. Oh my um, god, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, it does. It's so wrong. It was you gotta play against it. So if you can come down here, we'll set something up so you, so you can play with him. Um and I'll see if he's gonna be adv- oh, I didn't mean to tease you there. And so one of the cards that goes well with Malfagor, because <laughs> you're tossing everything away, is gear the newest um uh, it was just made Girapur Orrery. 
and each player may play an additional land on each of his or her turns. Whatever, that doesn't matter. At the beginning of each player, and that's important, but it just doesn't matter. Because at the beginning of each player's upkeep, if that player has no cards in hand, that player draws three cards. And so you want cards like, if you have no cards in hand, you get a benefit, because Malfagor is going to do that. Or I would just point (laughs) out once again, Sire of Insanity you know, oh, yes. why Why am I the only one who has to get rid of my hand? <laughs> God damn it. What is going on? This is a whole new is... world. <laughs> this is not right, people. This is not right. Yeah. <laughs> you should all be ashamed of yourself. You're over there playing with your all for one. Come on, everybody. Let's go fight something. <laughs> And and Rakdos is like no 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 no. <laughs> it doesn't Rakdos work is like, this way. Your value to me is how far I can throw you into the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> God damn this Hellcarver demon is just breaking my face. I yeah. just cannot deal. Like I cannot deal with how ridiculous this card is. I, it's I'll be so specifically situational, but in that situation, it is so mean. I'll be honest. I I have looked at Hellcarver demon many times, and I'm just like. I don't know how to use this card. <laughs> and and D Haas showed me. I'm like, oh. 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 Okay. It's like Okay. You know, we're most of us don't play group hug, right? And so when we play group hug, it's one of those like I had to kind of break my preconceptions and just be like, no, just just give everybody else cards, right? And you throw yourself off the ledge in that sense, but it's group hug. You jump it into a pillow. This is like, no, man, we're destroying everything. <laughs> this, this is more like a Royal Rumble than a group hug. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really cool. like, hug me. You, your opponents are like, you know, I'm just going to kill your dude. And it's like, yeah, that's all right. So am I. Oh. <laughs> 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 Now oh, you want this to talk is not about right at all. <laughs> oh, this is not right at all. Yeah. Now you want to talk about Sabo Tavik, don't you, Sean? Oh well, I mean, I have never built a an oh. This is one of those pronunciations I am not certain on Sabo Tavik deck, but boy, it seems like it's just you know it proceeds like it, it came before the popularity of the commander format, but like. Gosh, you just are like, it's this assassin that's potentially <laughs> just like keeping everyone's commanders locked away and forcing okay, them so, again to play like this completely different game. Yep. Why don't you read so her? For the audience, uh, Sabo Tavok is a fi- uh, casting cost five, one black and one red for seven total. A legendary creature horror, uh, seven four, with first strike and get this protection from legendary creatures (laughs) which by itself is already just like oh okay but then you can tap two black and tap it to destroy target legend that can't be regenerated because you know you're always regenerating your dudes but but what just like you're like zapping their dude like Oh man, I finally got all the mana. I can pay the commander tax. I can finally put this. Oh, damn it. <laughs> just like, kaboo. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. This uh. is this is definitely mean. It's one of those like it's like, "No, we're we're going to fight, guys." <laughs> we're going to fight. And 
the rules say you lose. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm certain that she has nothing to do with Phyrexia. And so therefore is a perfectly usable card. Um now so when you were thinking about making a Sabo Tavak deck, uh, de- try saying that fast. Yeah, yeah. Sabo Tavak deck. Uh, did you look at this card? Uh, you mean Lethal Vapors? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which oh, is sort of hell? redundant to her ability. Yeah, this is this is another one I think we need to, to read. Two uh, BB enchantment. Whenever a creature comes into play, destroy it. Zero, destroy lethal <laughs> <Wait>. vapors. <laughs> you skip your next turn. Any player may play this ability. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were they doing in Scourge? What is going on? This is amazing. This what? is especially one, like in, in a 1v1 game, this is, this is basically a black time walk. Uh, <laughs> but in a multiplayer game, this is one that is like forcing your opponents to play this weird little game where they oh, have good. to decide who among them will actually skip the next turn for the good of the group. You yeah. can't see me right now, but I'm cradling my head in my hand, <laughs> leaned over my microphone, because I've got this throbbing headache that just came out of nowhere, because yeah. I'm trying to think of how any of my decks would deal with this goddamn card. Your brain has to <laughs> rearrange itself when you think about Rakdos strategies. <laughs> what the, the... What? I yeah. think it's just you have to... And win. the thing is, they, this came out in, in set three of a tribal block. Uh-huh. Right? Like, this was Onslaught block, right? Wasn't that the Scourge card? So you've got, like, all your clerics and your goblins and everything, and they're like, nope. You got <laughs> Jack now. That's like, what is this card? What is this card? As a person who puts creatures into play for the purpose of turning them sideways, this card offends me to my core. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> and I'm sure you could even combo it with, like, nonsense, like, oh, when a creature gets destroyed, something happens, or when creatures... Go to the graveyard. You take yeah. damage or something. Mm-hmm. Just like what? What? But it slams the brakes on. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, you you get this. Like everybody starts building toward their big moves. Turn five, six, seven, right? So you know, you just drop this on turn four. Boop. <laughs> hey guys. Now think about it, if you're in one of those late game situations and you've got, say, that green mythic from Omenket, the one that gives you a 5-5 five, five sandworm every turn, or some other creature or some other effect that gives you an automatic, you know, spew out a dude or a million tokens or something every turn. Yeah. This is just like, dump him right into the meat grinder. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. Hope you benefit this... from something dying and yeah. don't suffer from it. Gosh, that would be a shame. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a shame? And, uh, my, like, thinking about this card, my favorite way to to use it would be a lot like using a Dictate of Erebos, except you have the Vidalcan Orrery out, and then somebody tries to cast something or bring a billion tokens in, and you're just like, Who would do that? Do we, do we smell anything? <laughs> Lethal thing. Yeah, vapor. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, like, it's... okay, so at the uh, pre-release for uh, Gate Crash, I was I ended up drafting a Boros deck. That was when I first discovered Boros. I had the card Assemble the Legions. And the other player had a 
the curse or, or some enchantment that said all token creatures get negative one, negative one. Mm-hmm. So literally every turn, I would take up Assemble the Legions, put a bunch of things out, and they would just die. And it was just like, what the hell? This is like, you're just seeing these like little soldiers walking up into it like, you know, <laughs> blades. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it's like is... a Pink Floyd music video at that point. It's just like, I don't know what's happening. You know, if you need a little more time to set up and the token person's going off, you cast Lethal Vapors. This is... I think that could apply to a lot of these different decks. Remember what I said about being <laughs> Rakdos intolerant? <laughs> now I know why. So... You just thought um, that was a joke when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're hurting my soul here, man. <laughs> um, so then we okay. have some bad pillow fort uh, legends, Axelrod, Gunnarsson, and Tor, Tor Walkie. They're just bad cards. <laughs> I mean... Whatever, I, I, skip them. Move yeah, on. I wouldn't even use them. Um, but they're there for the sake of completion. So the uh, other strategy that this color combo can do really well is direct damage, right? And that's uh-huh. commanders like uh, Kervek the Merciless and Lizolda the Blood Witch, Timurit the Murder King, and of course our friend Vile Smasher the Fierce. Um, and these I love generally... that these guys all have like subtitles to their names. Yeah, it's never just dude. It's always me, the crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're all they're all. You get the feeling they're not fun to have a, at a party. The merciless, the blood witch, the murder king. Hey, honey, who did you invite over for dinner tonight? Oh, you know, just my friend Tim. Oh, yeah. Tim? Tim. Yeah, you know, Tim the murder king. The murder king. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Yeah. And there's a pause, and it's like, what does he do? <laughs> oh well, you know, <laughs> he runs the king of murder. Center. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a pretty good party to me. Yeah. Hey, it's a Rakdos party. (laughs) So they're going to want, because they're doing direct damage in one sense or another, they're going to want effects that enhance the damage their spells cause. Um, And uh, they're also, you know, they're just frankly fun includes in other Rakdos deck, like Mm -hmm. Lord of Riots, right? Lord of Riots is going to make sure he wants things out doing damage, and these things all do that. Um, and, of course, Vile Smasher and Kervek are best buds, so they hang out in each other's decks all the time. But this is cards. We know some of them, like, um, what is it, Dictate of Eroas, is it? The one that does double damage if, uh, to all players? Dictate of the Twin Gods. Uh, the Dictate of the Twin of? Gods. Yeah, it is. Yes. Um, did you design that? Yeah, I think you did. I, I did not. Oh. Um. But we, in addition to cards like that, which I consider kind of obvious, it's Wound Reflection, uh, mm. five and a black for an enchantment. Oh, you're going to like this one, Shivam. At the end of each turn, each opponent loses life equal to the life he or she lost this turn. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so you play that with Havoc Festival and then you yeah. just go to town. Yeah. 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 And it, what's even better is you have Kervek or Vile Smasher out <laughs> and you cast Wound Reflection. And it resolves. And then... Oh, my God. Yeah. I especially... Wait, I like this wound reflection with Havoc Festival because one yeah. triggers at the beginning of their turn and right. one so triggers at like the a end. Whole just, so you have this you little got... mad dash that they get to do. 
it seriously like it ends up being like the Batman episode where he's got the big comic bomb in his hand and you're just like, all right, buddy, you've got 30 seconds to get rid of this bomb or it's going to just wreck. Yeah. That's what it is. All of these damn Rakdos decks feel like Batman episode from the 1960s. That's great. Like, bad things are happening to you. You see them coming. You are unable to stop them. Well, it- and your face is just going to hurt a lot. Is the Joker mono red or is he Rakdos? Oh, he's Rakdos for he's sure. He's Rakdos, yeah, yeah. He's hardcore Rakdos. <laughs> I do like that 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 uh, mad scramble analogy. It's like you start your turn. Guess what? You've got one turn. <laughs> it's like, all right, man. You've got four phases. Make it work. Yeah, make it work. Good luck. Um, polluted Bonds is another fun one. Uh, and that's if you've if you've been employing a little bit of land destruction, especially, or you're stealing someone's land as as your cumulative upkeep payment. Uh, for three in black, black, you get an enchantment whenever a land comes into play under an opponent's control. That player loses two life, and you gain two life. So you know, uh, we're just doing direct damage all over the place. And now, Shivam, you're you're an OG player too, yes so, mana barbs yeah. yes this is the card i was thinking about way at the beginning yep. uh the yep. this is the wrong art though man this is not yeah mana barbs from the olden olden days of uh, a red enchantment for a three and a red where when you tap for mana you take one point of damage i think the earliest version said something like you take a damage for each mana that you get or something around those lines because when you had mana flare in play it would mean that you would tap and take double damage because we didn't know how rules worked but um, <laughs> but mana barbs is so great with icy manipulator or uh you know tapping their lands or making your um city of brass do two points of damage to you but think about how uh, there we go thank you phil you're welcome um, i inserted but, the original alpha image for those who are wondering what just happened yeah, but the thing is, like, wow, you could make a terrifically mean deck with Rakdos with all these old school uh, Ankh of Mishra, Dingus Egg, Mana Barbs, s- stealing your land, sacking your lands, wrecking your face with lands, throwing. Uh, you could put. What's that one card uh, from the Ad Nauseum deck that you can discard lands from your hand to put oh, charges onto the spell to do edge, more damage? But then there's the newer version of it too, yeah. Yeah, like you can just do dumb things with lands. It's great. <laughs> uh, and Rakdos is really looking like this is going to be a hateful, hateful set of cards. <laughs> the yes. Like, Give wow, in to your is, hatred, young Shiva. This is a perfect way to lose all your friends and make no new ones. <laughs> Lightning Storm. That's a card I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. That's a fun one. Instant from Cold Snap for one and two red. Where it's weird. It does X damage where X is three plus the number of charge counters on this instant, right? And how do you put charge counters on it? You sack, a, you discard a land card, and then you can put two charge counters on it. So, like, all of these wait, things wait, wait. you could do. You, 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 can missed, make a... you missed an important critical part of that card. Oh, you any disc- player can do this? Yes, and then <laughs> they get to choose the target for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so you're just going to be sitting here and, like, boink, bouncing this thing around like the world's worst hot potato. <laughs> and just, wow, you can make just, like, the anti-pillow fort deck with Bractos. <laughs> like... Oh no, we're all in this together. I have closed the doors and locked it and thrown away the keys. Here's a bomb. Who gets to hold it last? It's like musical chairs with death. 
this is amazing. This is so obscene <laughs> and absurd. That's, that's and I'm awesome. sure the listeners who've all played like Rakdos Dexter are looking like, who is this idiot noob just discovering all this stuff right now? But man, this is some garbage right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is some garbage. Then you are especially going to love the next card and you more or less have to read it. Ooh, good old Heartless Hidetsugu. The uh, three uh, three and two red for five. Legendary Ogre Shaman. A lot of people play him in a lot of different decks because yeah. uh, this guy is great because he taps and deals damage to each player equal to half their life. I've seen cards. I saw somebody in a uh, green-red deck do the old school life tap uh, where you can untap this guy and do it again and just start like going down around the table and just start ping, 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 ping. And it certainly makes the game a lot faster. <laughs> yeah. Um, Even more yeah, than some of is... those like Havoc Festival, this guy, there are plenty of combos that exist to either, you know, give him lifelink somehow, so you're gaining that much life, or yep. oh. doubling his effect, so you, you yeah, yeah. There's, there's plenty of weird combos that exist. Yeah, because it deals damage. It's not that you mm-hmm. lose life. So all the things that make damage do double... Suddenly, like your Furnace of Wrath, just kill the guy. Well, the Furnace, um, the furnace of Wrath specifically, that example of like double all damage, it's weird because of how it's worded, uh, where if I'm at an odd life total and you're at an even life total and we deal, uh, I deal damage to both of us equal to half our life total and then double it, I survive and you do not. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the good old rules. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a good I'm at an odd life total deck? <laughs> what I really love about about Heartless in conjunction with some of these other cards is, well, and any of these cards, right? You can end up with one life, <laughs> with your mm-hmm. opponent having one life, and then you kill him with a Cryptolith Fragment. <laughs> <laughs> Or with the Cobalt Occur Keep you just flung at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was plus two, plus two because of... What's his, fa- what's his name? Go Rogosh. Rogosh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like... Um, it sounds like we're going to have some fun with this, aren't we? Oh, um, this is going to be my like next project after my next, next project is done. <laughs> and then our last category here is Tribal Strategies and... Um, you know, we, we sort of listed them before, uh, the commanders before. Again, this Bladewing the Risen, Boris Devilboon, Kolagon the Storm's Fury, Neheb the Worthy, Olivia Voldaren, Olivia Mobilized. <laughs> she needs a phone in that picture. Uh, Rakdos <laughs> the Defiler, Rogoth of Kerkeep, Kerkeep, yeah. and Wart Bogart Ante. And of course, we have discussed tribal numerous times um in our big tokens episode especially uh episodes especially so give that a listen go back and see what kind of cards they want because in addition to all of this rakdos fun you want all the tribal cards so that they get super boosted sean do you want to tell us about your black red deck sure so my favorite (laughs) black red deck uh is one that i helped mel lee build uh, which is a Grenzo Dungeon Keeper deck. We've we've touched upon a lot of the the highlights of it, but um, it's every every creature in it has power three or less, except for one. Perforos is in there because you just ah. have to uh, make those fire even faster. But it is it is full of all kinds of uh, good stuff. It's particularly looking at 
anything with like really high mana cost, but that like three or less uh, power, and that's printed power. So you can fill it with things like uh, Ignition Team from uh, the original Conspiracy that enters with counters equal to the number of tapped lands your opponents control. Or uh, I will give you one of my favorites is Deathbringer Thoktar, which is six <laughs> mana, three, three. And when stuff dies, he gets counters and can spend those counters to deal damage. Uh, and so it's just like, it, it's it's pure joy to turn over these cards and find out exactly what uh, what horrors you're going to inflict on people. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you have any spectacular wins? Um, spe- uh, I mean, all of the wins... Or does she? Uh, I, it's, like, I have commander decks, and I love borrowing this deck from her because it's just so much fun to play. Um and uh but then she won't play it against play against it um so uh oh, she won't uh, no no because that's you know fighting your own children <laughs> <laughs> she has a soft spot for rakdos does she <laughs> not in general but this deck uh brings it out hmm. it's like remember you're talking to two parents here we know all about fighting with our children <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> okay that's not something yeah. i've experienced well, just like in real life, you have to look this one in the eye and say, if you come for me, you better kill me. <laughs> My son is three. We haven't quite had that conversation yet. Oh, you're late. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So in uh, classic fashion, Shivam, we non-Rakdos players have a way to deal, several ways to deal with they of the Rakdos ilk. Maybe you should read these. It'll bring you up. It'll make you feel better. Oh, wow. These are all cards from my ancient vintage. Exactly. Wow. Like, so if you guys don't remember the ancient days when we had a lot of things called color haters, we used to be able to do fun things with other people's cards, like not let them play it. <laughs> remember when you used to boil everybody's islands? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so if you're not playing Rakdos and somebody comes out and decides they want to be the fun police, uh, or I guess that would be you in this case, policing their fun, there's a bunch of cards you can use, like um, Karma, which is one of the great old ones, <laughs> where it just uh, it's an enchantment that deals damage to people equal to the number of swamps they control. And if you just happen to have Magical Hack, you can change swamps to be mountains or forests or whatever else, just to make sure it's still usable when you're playing against other people. Um Volcanic eruption was a good one. The source, the blue sorcery that let you blue sorcery, mind you, that blue. let you destroy X target mountains and then do a point of damage to each creature and each player for oh. each mountain put to the graveyard this way. This is the reddest blue card that's ever been made, <laughs> short of psionic blast, and it's just absurd. It is like a, it screws a red guy. B, it screws everybody. It's great. It's land um, destruction. It's direct damage. It's color it is hosing. Literally, this is like the anti Morrow card. It's just, <laughs> it is wrong in every shape, size, and fashion. <laughs> um, and then um, glaciers, which is a, the enchantment from Ice Age, the blue white uh, enchantment that said uh, all mountains become plains. And that's just saying, sorry, homie, <laughs> that flash fire is going to screw you just as much as it screws me. 
And then uh, the other version of Glaciers was Conversion, which is such a waste of a good name. But I used to use this card a lot too, which is all mountains are considered planes while Conversion's in play. I mean, these both have upkeep costs and stuff, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Now, I was actually thinking very heavily of putting this into my Boros deck, specifically because then I could play uh, Sunglasses of Urza and tap all those planes for red mana anyways, so that all of y'all red players would just be like, I don't know what to do, while I'm still merrily casting my red and white spells oh, that's with great. my sunglasses. Look at you. You figured out how to ways, uh, how to uh, hose your fellow red players. And then it's if you like, put a Blood man, Moon in there, too, you get all their non-basics. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, this is just like the greatest. <laughs> That's so mean. It's so amazing. Um, yeah, like, look, there's all sorts of fun things you can do to stop red and black guys. Like, um, you could also probably play things like Leyline of Sanctity, which gives you hexproof, which prevents all those targeting mm-hmm. things from hitting you. Or, um, I don't know, stuff like Tormod's Crypt to clean out their graveyard periodically. And I'll point out with with a lot of these cards that you mentioned, they're enchantments, which is a particular weakness yes. of black and red. Right. That they don't have exactly. great enchantment removal in general. I've realized that there are a whole bunch of cards that can that can deal with like enchantments and general threats like that. These in particular though really shut down the Rakdos player. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's the reason that you play those like artifacts that you pay seven to blow up anything, because you just need something for these scenarios. Yes. And Sean Watson, who uh, couldn't be with us today because he's out picking mushrooms in his favorite swamp to bring with him to <laughs> Vegas. He says they have some magical properties or something. Um, <laughs> Come with uh, their own fairies. He has weaponized, um, he has used karma essentially to weaponize Urborg Tomb of Yogmoth. Yeah. Because yes. Urborg does not have uh, a colored mana symbol on it. So he plays it in his white decks that have, and he puts karma in it as well, so that when he finally gets the two of them together, <laughs> he <laughs> plays Urborg and then plays karma and says go. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> it's one of those like the pendulum, it's coming around. <laughs> it's going to come to him, but it's going to hit everybody else first. Yeah. There's some filthy things in the olden days you used to be able to do um, that were just specific color hosers, and I miss those days sometimes. Sometimes. But <laughs> fortunately in our format, those days are just a trip to your LGS away. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> but and the other thing is, though, that Rakdos, because of the nature of these decks, these players are going to be burning through their hands really, really quickly. And yeah, you got card draw, but not a lot. So... Really, if you can just kind of outlast that first few waves, you can get them when they've got no resources and just kind of hammer through. Especially if you can find a way to like play your tranquility effect and get rid of their um, their sulfuric vortexes and damage doublers and all that nonsense. Then suddenly these guys are going to have no hands and no lands and uh, are going to be at the mercy of all of those things that you had been patiently waiting to not play until <laughs> Olivia was gone. That yeah. sounds... To me, a lot like saying, you know, if we can just survive that wildfire, there's going to be nothing left for it to burn. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's kind of where you are with this, right? Like, like they give you a bomb. The best you can hope for is that it leaves you a finger or three. <laughs> After this bomb goes off, if we're still alive, we're co- we're golden. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But uh, but no, you're absolutely right. If you can somehow manage to dodge all of the death rays that come out of the Rakdos deck, then uh, yeah, you'll have card advantage on them and you'll be able to swing back. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we uh, at the end of this, we have a uh, contest winner for the signed Saskia deck. Now, Saskia, of course... Being the non-blue, which means Rakdos is prominent. It's open hostility, which sounds an awful lot like Rakdos. So I'm guessing that we'll see, uh, if I dug up Saskia on EDH Rec, we'd see a lot of very familiar now (laughs) cards and strategies. But we have a winner. The winner is... Uh Uh-oh. On Facebook. Gilbert Prater. Send us a direct message on Facebook via the Facebook page, and we will happily send you... Your signed Saskia box. Yeah. It's a really cool deck, a lot of really cool cards in there, and it's a lot of really cool components to uh, build things out of. So I think actually C16 was pretty phenomenal overall. So it's a great place to start at the very least. Yeah. Congratulations, Gilbert. And that's Gilbert Prater or Prater. I don't know. Or Prater or... <laughs> or Prater. Eben Prater. Oh, or... no. If he's Prater, we can't send this to him. He's Pyrexian. <laughs> Uh, well, protection from white. Uh, Gilbert, I don't know if you can hear this. This is your deck that I'm holding right now. <laughs> there it is. And once you send us your address and contact us on Facebook, of course, and send us your address, then uh, this will be on its way to you. It doesn't matter where you live on the planet. It's going to you. So. Well, what an awesome show, guys. This was fun. This was. <laughs> I have learned a lot. We've seduced <laughs> Shivam to joining Rakdos. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is so horrible. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. You're going to build a Rakdos deck, aren't you? Well, I need to, because otherwise I'm just going to have my standard... Uh, I, uh, Jimmy and Josh from the Command Zone are friends of mine, and I talk to them yeah. periodically, and they're like, Shivam, you love that soldier's deck. You use it a lot, but you need to start branching out. And uh, I've been taking it to heart. So, I mean, mind you, my favorite deck is still my Grim Grin Zombies. But so I'm going to be branching out. My next deck is going to be Thrasios, Sea Monsters, and Mega Ramp. My deck after that is um, Brea Thop Thops, who I've got to rebuild because I don't like the way it is. But the deck after that <laughs> will probably end up being some like Naheb or Mogus style. Uh, or whoever that dude is that made you pitch your whole hand every turn. Malfagor. That guy. Malfagor. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna get dumb in here. We're gonna have one with nothing. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you know that card uh, is great. <laughs> looking at Malfagor, that art sure lends itself to uh having thirty or so copies and uh cutting out a three D version of it. We'll see. I, <laughs> one thing about blinging out decks is you want to make sure that it's a deck that you're gonna you're going to want to play a lot mm-hmm. and oh. that you like a lot. Like my soldiers deck is so blinged out because I love it. Right? Like I'm always gonna have it. That's why it's got a fancy old deck box. That's why it's got three commander. That's why every soldier token is hand drawn. But I'm not gonna do that with like every deck because that's gonna get stupidly expensive. And it's really, really hard to carve those tiny little cards to make 3D dioramas. But when you do, it looks super sick. Um, Yeah. So only pick the one deck you really like and are never going to break, though. Because otherwise you will be sitting there staring at 
uh, Lady Orca going, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, we think you'll play Malfagor a lot. <laughs> Malfagor. No, but actually I want to make Neb because I really like Neb. Yeah, He's and, you have, cool. and you have a bunch of uh, didgeridoos that need to be used. Yeah. You know, I've got like this pile of homelands from somewhere, so might as well. Yeah. I have. Uh, uh, yeah. I still have near mint didgeridoos that have never left the sleeve I put them in back in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are plenty of near mint didgeridoos sitting in the packs that they were put in. Somewhere. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor homelands. Oh. That set had, like, when you look at it in hindsight, there was so much promise that was just not realized mm-hmm, at all mm-hmm. remotely. Those sets suck. Like, I, I think it's hard. To, I mean, you can rehabilitate most anything, but I think, like, memory lapse and serrated arrows are just about the only things in Homelands that you could probably get. Oh, and Thalids and, like, Homerid. No, that's Fallen It's Fallen Empires. Fallen Empires. That's yeah, Fallen Empires. Was... Sorry, Ishan Shade. Ishan Shade is great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Baron Sanger was pretty cool. Um, okay, uh, we've top, tapped the bottom. Autumn of that. Willow? I, I did like Autumn Willow a lot. She was, wasn't she like also the first instance of Shroud? Basically. Um, she was, yeah, yeah she, was super, she, she surprised a lot early. of people at the time, yeah. She was really cool. And the weird thing is all the art in that set looks like weird old-fashioned Americana. So it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just doesn't feel like a fantasy setting and it's super bizarre. I don't understand. I mean, I don't get what happened to Homeland. I feel sorry for those two gentlemen who had to put it together. I'm sure they had good intentions in mind, but uh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and this has been hating on Homelands with <laughs> Phil and Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is this this podcast has been a little uh, rakdosy? It's gone, it's gone places. Yeah, we need we need safe safe places in our head to go back to and kind of recover from I all see, of this rakdos hate. So you're going back um, to Anhava. And <laughs> yeah, old Grotha. Well, to be clear, Shivam is. I'm I'm okay in uh, the uh, dark. Uh, festival pits of Ravnica. Yeah, to be honest, I'm just waiting for this to finish so I can go back to a friendly draft of uh, Amagat. <laughs> God, those Magic Online is super expensive, guys. It's weird. When we uh, start talking about Magic the Gathering Online, that's a clear sign that the show has come to an end. Um, <laughs> Two and a half hours after we started recording, an hour after we started talking. Yep. <laughs> Well, well thanks so. <laughs> for hanging out with us, everybody, this yeah. long. This is a great episode. I'm going to have fun listening to it again. Without the support of our patrons, this episode would not have happened. Thank you, Patroni. So if you want to support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash commander at MTG. And if you're on iTunes or if you're anywhere else listening to us, give us a five-star review or 10 dot or whatever ends up being the best rating because we, we really deserve it. I'm in a closet. I'm sweating right now. And, and Shivam hasn't been playing magic for like an hour. And <laughs> Dude, I spent my entire morning at a car dealership. Okay. And so, yeah, that's always fun. And, uh, and, and Sean's girlfriend plays a Rakdos deck. <laughs> so we love talking to our listeners, get in touch with us. And we're incredibly grateful to all of the patrons. Here are some 
who really helped us out. Andre Triber, one of the first people this podcast ever spoke to, by the way. Um, we have some fun stories. Go back and listen to the first couple of episodes. They're great. They talk about Andre. Uh, Nathan Lennon, who just joined our $10 Patron group on Facebook. And the mysterious David. <laughs> like how you have that uh, in quotations on the show notes. Like it's, <laughs> you're not suspicious of him. That's, you know what? That's all he wants to be identified as on the, the patron uh, list. And I think that's appropriate. We'll just leave it at David. I assume he's like Madonna in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> come play test with us. And if you are a patron who donates $10 or more per episode, come join our chat group that we host on Facebook where we talk to these patrons all the time. Lots of roiling discussions about decks and playing and strategies and pizza. And we talk about. It really is all the time. All the like time. Our group is just like ridiculously active. All the time. We we have a British co-host. We have a Swedish patron or two. Oh, and now with Nathan. Nathan's Irish. He's in Ireland. So, yeah, we have plenty of uh, things to talk about there. So you can reach us by going to our website, which is at, no, which is commanderandmtg.com. <laughs> is it, in fact, at? It is. There is, is an at, at somewhere. Uh, <laughs> our email address is at... No, our email address is <laughs> cast at commanderandmtg.com. You can find us on all the social media by searching for Commander and MTG Podcast. Sometimes there's an at before that. At Commander and MTG, in fact, is our very own Twitter account. Individually on Twitter, I'm at Ketjack. I'm Electrotel. I'm at Sean Main. And Sean, this is your first time guest hosting. Thank you for taking the time to do this. My pleasure. And as a first-time guest host, you get to take us out. I was uh, looking up the flavor text from Havoc Festival, which I think will be a uh, appropriate <laughs> final note. We can't control enemies who have no regard for their own survival. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Go Mandarin! Malvagor.